from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. to live from the path we're coming to you from the pathway studios here in johnston proper we're gonna have to license that hey, now let me ask you this question do you guys what are there any songs that you feel like you like that nobody else likes i mean like oh the tennessee, tennessee bird walk tennessee bird walk what is that? <laughs> Give us a few bars, Dan. Yeah. Oh, man, it goes back to the 70s. Uh, I just remember the Tennessee Bird Walk. <laughs> <laughs> just, You'd have to look it up. I haven't heard it for like 50 years. That rendition, Dan, I don't like it. <laughs> hey, that's a good one. See, I told you no one liked it but me. <laughs> the Tennessee Bird Walk. It was like and one of those number, kids' happy, number funny songs. The hit from the Tom Foolery, the Tennessee Bird Walk. <laughs> That along with the dead skunk in the middle of the road. Oh, those are two good ones. I don't get those channels. You're probably looking for real songs, though. I don't think I, I don't listen to the radio that often. I'm, I'm missing the Tennessee Bird Walk, apparently. Can okay. you think of a song that's... Uh... A song that I like that, like, nobody else does? <laughs> yeah. I like I like Mongolian throat singing and Mongolian throat metal. Oh, that's sick. What's, give, me a, give me an example. I mean, I can't give you an example. It's Mongolian throat singing that I refuse to do. Yeah. But um, huh. just there's try, a there's just a try a couple bars there's though. a band called the Who, that uh, the H U. Uh, it means like human oh, yeah. in in Mongolian. Yeah. And uh, they they do like throat singing and metal. It's awesome. Sounds, it's not it. That's it. That's pretty close. It. No, no, that, that sounded rough. That sounded like you got a problem with your sewage. Hey, hey let's. That's, <laughs> that's a live version, Mike. You gotta you gotta get the live cut. Do the studio <laughs> movie listens to the processed versions okay. with a bunch of compression. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, here's what we got going on the live from the path. Uh, uh, the only two answers we're getting is Tennessee Bird Walk and mine. Dude, I had ones already. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Grace. Um, Wilhelmina by Danny Kay. How does that one go? Uh, yeah. You, no, I'm not. Gonna you go don't have that. to sing it. Uh, I mean, I'm not going. Uh, here's to sing the deal. It. You the can't. Tennessee Bird Walk. I mean, do you really? I mean, is that, is that something that you're, you you are sure you want? Yeah. Hit us a bar, Grace. Yeah. Wilhelmina. She's the sweetest little girl in Copenhagen. <laughs> yeah. It's ancient. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm going to guess, early 1920s. <laughs> okay. Okay. It made I... me physically uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, I'm, work on that. I, I'm never changing my name to Wilhelmina now. It makes me want to do the Tennessee bird walk. I don't know, Dan. That one seems pretty popular. <laughs> <laughs> it's growing on me. Are you that. looking for it right now? It sounds like you wrote this. Did oh. you write this song in 1974? No. I don't hate it. No, it's going on there. We have to license that now, too. <laughs> yeah, you take away their wings. Oh, it's 1970. Okay. Okay. Jack, I was negative 21. Misty Morgan, Tennessee Bird Walk. Wilhelmina does the Tennessee Bird Walk. I don't even know why that came to mind. <laughs> I, like, I like that song, uh, Gravy Train, by uh, Mark Knopfler. Oh, Mark Knopfler. Yeah, from the Dire Straits. You just yeah. like gravy. Riding on a gravy train. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it is. That's okay. what I'm saying. All right. What about you, Ben? No, I don't, I'm not. No, it's out. It, it went on longer than I expected. He doesn't listen to music. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, I was not gonna, a real question. I was just going to transition. All right. Uh, so we got a bunch of articles today. So, so I'll let you guys pick. Uh, 
I, so there was some uh, said nine things you should know about the communion service on the moon. Did no. you know people did communion on the moon? No, I, I did not know that. that. And wouldn't the Jews try to escape? Question one. What? Did, why would there be a Jew on the moon? <laughs> and why would they take communion? Kazow! <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a pharaoh here, too. <laughs> Have any of our astronauts been, like, professing Christians? I, I mean, I don't pay attention to that uh, stuff. Yeah, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. In 1969... No, oh, no, we were voting. You can't start reading. Dan voted. Okay. Oh. Just In 1969, <laughs> uh, Buzz Aldrin was an elder at Webster Presbyterian Church. Buzz Aldrin. Uh, and they've been struggling to find the right symbol for the first lunar landing. We wanted to express our feeling that what man was doing in this mission transcended electronics and computers and rockets. One of the principal symbols is that God reveals himself in the common elements of everyday life. So they got the idea for a communion ceremony, and they did it on the moon. That was just a year before the Tennessee bird walk. <laughs> no. I think Gosh. these things are related. <laughs> I never thought of it before, but I think you're right. Okay. That was probably the code name for walking on the moon. <laughs> One trumpet blast, the moon. Second trumpet blast, Tennessee bird walk. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Two shofars for the bird walk. Two shofars. Here we go. Uh, okay. Here we go. Nine, nine micro stresses of a pastor. Micro stresses? Okay, I'm curious as to what this is. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna try them out and see like if they hit down. Yeah. <laughs> Let's micro see. Hold on. Let's just get one example. The decision making micro stresses. Okay. Yeah. These are classic. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll, we're gonna hit those up. Uh, Great. Bible removed from Utah elementary middle school bookshelves for sex and violence. There's definitely that in there. This yeah. is what I'm saying. It's there. I so, mean. I mean, they removed it for reasons that are in the Bible. So, so interesting. Now, the, the, I think the the someone sent this to me, and I think the idea was I was supposed to be incensed, and I thought, yeah. I mean, that's a reaction. Yeah, it seems it feels like you should you could pull it. <laughs> like for elementary school kids, are there? Would I give my uh, seven year old the whole Bible and go go to town? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I want to Let's help talk them. Let's talk Sodom and Gomorrah, kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> We so get, like that's what we have the Jesus story with Bible for. Why'd that lady get turned into salt? <laughs> I like salt. What's <laughs> <laughs> so bad about that? Yeah. She Lot's just turned around. A, Lot's wife was a Himalayan, and that's how she ended up in the issue. Uh, 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 hey, they call me butter because I'm on a roll. I feel like I just got <laughs> micro stressed four times in that statement alone. Whatever that whatever just happened, I, I would this. like to unexperience it. <laughs> I can't believe it's not being <laughs> the Tennessee boardwalk. <laughs> awful. Okay. Anyway, I'm not surprised. The, actually, the only thing that I was surprised about is the books that remained on the shelf after they pulled the Bible. I this probably so I would probably be disappointed. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. there's a welcome uh, elementary school child. Uh, here's all kinds of information I prefer they not have, but they but they pulled the scripture. They're playing games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was in Utah though. Okay, that oh. one's out. Uh okay now here's the deal I don't want to pay for some of these articles <laughs> the Christianity Today started uh, started covering stuff uh, under the uh, the threat of uh, fifty dollars monthly fee but uh, spiritual battle of teen screen time so actually I-, I wanted to talk to you ladies about this anyway oh, uh, because yeah, uh, because talk to you about this because uh, I think uh, Ludditism <laughs> tends to show up in this room uh, with the Whoa. spearheaded by Mike Foos don't look over here. <laughs> 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 Them shorts betray your Luddite behavior. I knew it. I knew it. I was out of clean pants. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I feel like uh, I'd be curious to say, like, do we have this wrong? If you like, if you ladies have heard us talk about technology from you, from where you sit, 
what you've grown up in, what you've seen, and however far you may have dipped your toes into technology, um, is there is there a different way that we should be thinking about it, or that you're thinking about it? And so, like, do you feel like you there are ways in which you think we could be thinking about this differently? All right, I'm going to be honest. Uh, compared to how most other teenagers would spend their screen time, I feel like I do it quite differently. I spend about 90% of my time on my phone staring at a Google Doc because I've decided that it's a good idea to write stories. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. Okay. But, like, yeah, I got I got no say on this. Uh, you know, I'm going to shut up now. It's okay. a good start. Okay, classic. <laughs> it's a real good start. I, I don't know. I don't, Emma, do you feel like you, uh, do you have a per- perspective on this that you feel like may differ from the room or from uh, Mike's uh, overly restrictive comparisons? <laughs> uh, probably not really. I feel like it definitely can be like harmful depending on how much you use it and where you're using it for. But I also think that it's silly to pretend like anything you do on it just is inherently useless or a waste of time. Because like I write a lot too, I listen to a lot of music. Um, and now that I do definitely waste my time on my phone, um, I do think like it can also be valuable. So okay, I don't know. I feel like there's probably more value value than some people think, but it is more danger than a lot of kids think. Are most teens doing social media as opposed to like Google Docs or what? What are they spending their That's time my on? Guess. I don't know. Social media, TikTok. Oh man! Mostly, right. mostly live from the past. They certainly don't watch live from the past. That's a that's, tough cut, Grace. I, I mean, that's what they should they be do. happening. That's uh, what I do. Okay, so uh, so the gut reaction is that there is uh, there's a more nuanced uh, way to look at it. Both in um, one, it sounds like both of you are hesitant to be lumped in with what you would say is a broad description of how teens use use their phone. So because there might be righteous ways of using it, and because you're not necessarily TikTok and YouTube and and all the stuff all day. You feel like you got to be cautious that you don't get lumped into those categories. Does that sound fair? I mean, that sounds fair. And you know, nobody wants to be lumped into a category that's uh, getting the finger wag. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, right? I could see that. Okay, all right. Uh, but but the, the the title of this thing was "The Spiritual Battle of Teen Screen Time: Kids' Addictions to Their Phones Isn't a Legislative Issue." Now, I have seen that. Uh, was it? Wasn't that? Uh, didn't Iowa have something that they were trying to pass that restricted teen? Like um, phone use or even like how old you could be to have like a Facebook account or stuff like well, that. Well, like they banned TikTok in Montana. Yeah. W- wasn't that – was that for security concerns? I thought yeah, so. They're worried about so, Montana but... even noticed. Uh, yeah. b- hey, they got the secure – they got that weather balloon first and they said, we ain't doing this again. <laughs> Cut to TikTok. <laughs> do, do you think people will just get tired I – mean, maybe that's just old man talking, but like at some point, won't we just get tired of all this crap and just turn them off? I don't think so. It's just going to keep getting The thing going. is, is like I, it's the same as true for adults, though, right? Like, yeah. th- this is where I find this conversation slightly unfair, because like I would, I would prescribe the same thing to everybody, not just right. children, right? But it's easier to to give screen time to your kids because that's what they're asking for, you know. But but like you go, I don't know how many restaurants I go see, and two people are sitting from across each other, and they're on their phones, yeah. And like nobody can pass a minute without without something to do right like and so like the the brain never engages in like second level thought like you keep riding the wave of the thoughts of others forever right yeah. so like you can just keep where i mean like there are there is some fun and interesting aspects to that right but like it does have limits where like you are merely a reflection of everyone on the internet and like who you are is unknowable 
because you spend zero time like being you. You spend all of your time taking in what other people are doing all the time, right? And so, like, it, I think it, it, it honestly does feed into, like, some identity crisis stuff that we're looking at and, like, where people just have no idea which way is up because they will follow the wave of the Internet uh, to, to its very end, right? And, like, the same is true for adults. There's just as many dudes, you know, that, that, that I would work with that I'm like, get, you got, get off your phone. Like, go go cut a piece of wood or fix something or, I don't know, read the newspaper or, like, just sit on your deck and look at the sky. I don't know. Anything besides needing because it becomes a compulsion, right, where you're, like, you start to get anxious because time is passing and you are not, like, taking in something. You can't just be still for 10 minutes. Like, that can't be good for you. Right. Be digitally engaged and know I'm God. Yes. That's not, that's not what it's here. That can't be right. Yeah. What's the what what's the gist of the article? What are they trying to what are they trying to get at? Um, let's see. New data and a bipartisan consensus that phones are bad for kids may give parents pause. Uh, a growing body of research, though certainly not indisputable, has pointed out that smartphones with unfettered access to the internet and social media have serious negative effects for younger users, particularly teenage girls. At the end of May, Surgeon General uh, Vivek Murthy, Vivek, that's a cool name issued a formal warning and report about the effects of social media on child and teen mental health. Uh, yeah, and then it kind of then it kind of rolls away. Um, that it creates anxiousness um, and uh, yeah, all kinds of things. Social media for sure, right? Like like school's rough enough, and then and then you're getting this, you're taking all the rough parts and taking it home with you, right? Like the constant, uh, like teenagers are hyper vigilant in middle school and high school. They notice every little thing. Uh, good or bad, and then they talk about it at nauseum. And so, like, where you usually get a respite by going home and, like, getting in your own space around your own family or own people, right now you're just at home listening to their opinions of you as you get no respite at all. Oh, okay. Here's a, here's a, here's what I would liken it to. We went to a, um, we went to a, uh, a dance. That's not a competition. It's like a recital, dance recital, uh, last week. And, uh, you know, they had two hours of dancing and like they had the uh, some real tiny kids danced and then up to high school age. OK, so at the end of the night, they're doing all these. Oh, it was a great year. Oh, thanks all the parents for their dedication, blah, blah, blah. And some cute little kid comes rumbling up uh, at at the end of the thing and wants to talk into the microphone. And the teacher lets him say something and then says, like, I love you, dad, or something like this. And we're like, oh, and sure enough. Three other kids bounce, pop up because now they want to talk into the microphone. Hmm. But you look at these kids, and I've never seen any of these children in my life. And I look at these, I look at two of those three kids, and I'm like, nope, you don't want to give that kid a microphone, right? Because you're discerning. You know better than to hand a microphone over to a kid. They're just going to like cut wind into it with their face or like yell into it, <laughs> like make weird noises and crap. And so you know better. That though that that is not the right person to give the ability to soak up the time and attention of everybody in the room, mm. okay. And as a person holding the microphone, you have some to have to have some discernment that goes, no, this is this person shouldn't have this. Social media, especially like think of it from a in in an influential age ranges, um, it's just an open microphone where any kid can come up and cut wind with his face. Yeah. To anybody they want to, and there's no one with any discernment going. You know what? I don't. You shouldn't listen to this. And like, if they were physically doing it in your space, you can just walk away, um, and you're not even subjected to it. Um, but like, even with social media, a lot of the times, you even if it's not being said to you, it's being said to others. It can be shared to you. 
And like you at least have to take it in to know to block it as yeah. opposed to like I can just be away from this dude who shouldn't have a microphone completely. Yeah. There's two other places that you should not have an open microphone situation just adds up. Okay. One is karaoke at a bar that has less than five patrons. Yes. And two is an open forum toasts at a wedding reception. Oh. Oh. You so, should not have an open microphone in that situation. That's, oh, sometimes a funeral. There have been, yeah. Dan, have you run into some rough situations? Oh, man. <laughs> There's times I said, yeah, I think it's time for us to kind of end this. and. <laughs> It's time to wrap I've this had up. to take a microphone back from a toast situation yeah. where I'm just like, I absolutely refuse to let like cousin Gary come up and, and, and give his toasts when he hasn't seen the family in 15 years. And he's going to talk about that whole 15 years and give this is his forum for like giving his newsletter of what he's been up to for the 10 plus years. Also, the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. That's oh. all this is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's sometimes That's the true. That's open mic for all of us. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, Emma, do you mind me sharing an anecdote from your life over the last couple of weeks? Sure. Sure, you do mind or it's all right? You can go ahead. Okay. So, interestingly, so uh, uh, Emma had uh, – it wasn't this last week. Maybe it was the week before. Had like um, a week of um, like less phone. So phone had to be downstairs uh, all the time, um, and you could only use it kind of kitchen table-ish, uh, and you, you could only use it for very kind of a restricted number of things. Um, and like, uh, there, there was, uh, and I've told her this, this isn't a surprise, but like a significant change in her patience with her like brothers and brother and sisters, um, and general like attitude and engagement with people around, like with her family around her. And the reason I tell that story is because like, she wouldn't have, had, had she not taken that step and not had her phone like so kind of on her or close to her being used as often during that week. You would never have known because it doesn't ex- like just explicitly tie to phone usage. Like it's, it's it's not always happening just because you're using the phone. And the reason that struck me is is because I thought like how am I behaving in ways that I have no idea because I just don't have significant breaks from using my phone from whatever justifiable reason that I have it. My work is on my phone. Um, people who need something from me, my friends are on, like like my, the way that I connect where I'm going to meet with people this week. It's all on my phone. Right. Um, but like I, I thought how I just it, it it hit me very hard where I thought, how many things am I blind to that? I would not have any idea had I not seen my daughter have an experience which like for no other explainable reason softened some of the things that had felt like they become a little bit hard. I think that's definitely true because like your phone has an has a built in selfishness to it. Right. Like, because everything about you is in it, right? And so, like, and it is completely about you. And people will say, hey, you know, the people I, I – that's how I communicate with people and blah, 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 blah. But, like, everything around you feels rushed because you need to get back to it. What if someone did message me? What if something did happen on Facebook that I need yeah. to see or Instagram or, or, or whatever, right? Like, what if what if someone wants to get a hold of me? Hey, I got 30 minutes of free lives on this game. It only shows up, like, once every three days. I don't want to drop that opportunity. You know, or like, what if I want to, I want to listen to these songs or I want to draw this thing. Like all of it is whatever, whatever's going on around, I want to get away from it and get back to my own stuff. And so you innately become like self-focused and self-centered without actually meaning to, you know what I'm saying? And like, uh, it, it, it does, it creeps up on you and you don't realize that's what it's done. Yeah. And that was the point of telling the story is because like. I wonder just how many – it goes back to – remember we were talking about how you get most irritated when you're interrupted from something you probably shouldn't have been doing anyway? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. 
like so take that as a light as a compound that over my phone use for a given week like how some things you might attribute to someone's personality like the phone is the new drunkenness you'd be like ah they've been drinking <laughs> don't you can excuse their behavior they've been drinking oh you know what i know they're impatient they've been using their phone a lot <laughs> right like how many things about my personality has shifted and i don't even know it i could be a better person than i'm behaving right now yeah simply because i'm spending too much time on that phone yeah you know, I, yeah go ahead Bubba. i was going to say it's interesting the so the other day i i accidentally left my phone at home yeah and i've i like i to be cliche, I felt naked. Like, I felt weird about it. Yeah. Because I was just like, I don't remember the last time I, like, left my phone somewhere yeah. and didn't have it. Like, we had left home, went to church, went out to lunch, and had were gone for a couple of hours. And I realized that, one, it is a megaphone for my insecurities. Because, like, red receipts are my, like, worst nightmare. Every time I can see that someone hasn't read a message that I've sent them or has read a message that I've sent them and hasn't responded, it wrecks my friggin' day. Because uh-huh. I'm just like, oh, no, they hate me. They must hate me. Like, they're obviously, I'm the worst thing that's ever happened to them. The other thing was, like, I realized how present I was in the moment because everyone around me was on their phones. (laughs) Like, I'm literally, I'm out to lunch with people, and I, I like, went to grab my phone from my pocket because everybody at the table was on their phone. And then I was like, oh, no, I don't have mine. Well, what do I do now? And I sat there in silence. I was like, this is what we are. And if I would have had my phone, I would have just been contributing in that. I would have been like, well, scroll, scroll, nothing, nothing, like random crap. Oh, a cat. Yeah. Oh, cool. (laughs) And like, I don't have, I don't really have social media on my phone anymore for lots of reasons, but like, I'll find other stuff. Like, I'll find articles or whatever. And like, I I tell myself, I read my Bible on my phone and that's good. And and that's my reason for it. Or a lot of my work is on my phone. And so I keep that with me at all times. But like, I legitimately had no reason to have it because I was with my wife. She had GPS. If anybody needed to get a hold of me, they could have gotten a hold of her. And I was like, okay, I guess I don't have my phone. This is fine. And I started panicking in 10 seconds. It was crazy. Yeah. I was like, I think I need to figure out a day where there's nothing work-related that's going to happen, so I'm not worried about that. I'm with my wife, and I don't have my phone because I want to see what my life looks like if I'm not plugged in. A few, yeah. few days ago, I'm, I'm in a small room with the former president of the United States. One of those, like, for most people, maybe once in a lifetime, you know, thing. Nobody's more than 40 feet away from the guy, right? I mean, right. it's like, it's small. I, I was shocked looking around at how many people, not everybody, but but there were many people on their phones, you know, and, and I'm like. Like, not just videoing them or something, but like. I mean, of course, I was going stuff. on too, people taking pictures, but then I like, they're looking down, and I'm like, huh. I mean, like. I have a very important email. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at the cat. The like former the president said to me, but uh, <laughs> I got to check this. Oh, Microsoft's yeah. got a special. So these guys around you, the Secret Service, they're watching you, <laughs> and you're looking at a phone. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was weird. I mean, yeah, like I said, not, not everybody, but it, it, more than I would think. Yeah, in a moment you know? where you feel like, hey, man, but now, Take though? this moment in. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like him or don't like him, whatever. Oh. It's still a big thing. Yes, you know? and uh, concerts are so bad for this. Like, people literally on their phone, like, the whole time, it's, I don't know. This is it's where I get the Luddite tag. But, like, I'm telling you, like, it just, the, the, we're, we're looking in every nook and cranny to go, why is the current generation struggling so much from anxiety? And, like, we're holding it 24-7. This thing owns you. It calls you by name, puts a collar on you, and chains you to it. Where the fact where you leave without it, you get a little panicky. Right. And 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 all for the fear of the unknown. Like yeah. it's not a guarantee you're gonna miss that call. Like we're we're like you're like, hey man, uh, I applied for a job and it's a great job. And he said he was gonna call me back at two p.m. 
This is not the situation we're right. in. Right. Because that's your whole life now. Your whole life is whatever may come. Right. I, it may be here. It may not be here. In the meantime, I'll play a game. I'll scroll a song. I'll check the news. Whatever. I'll just wait. But the whole time, like, it, it pharaohs you. You're, you're owned by it. And we're okay with it. And then we go, I don't know why people are so stressed out and full of anxiety all the time. Because you're, you're married to a nervous box. Like the thing sits in your pocket and goes, you never know what I'm going to do. You never know what I'm going to do. Right. And you're like, well, what are you going to do? I don't know. You don't know. Maybe I'll do something. <laughs> Maybe I won't do anything. It's funny because like that couples with the fact that most of us don't even want to answer the thing that it's like it's there yeah, for. I'm not like, even going to reply to the email. Right, exactly. <laughs> originally, it was it was a communication device. And rarely ever do we even use it for that anymore. Because I, I'm not going to tell who it was, but I called someone recently. Their phone went straight to voicemail. The voicemail said... If you're a doctor's office, a school, or someone else important, leave a message. If you're just a regular person, please text me. And that was the end of the voicemail. And I was like, am I a regular person? <laughs> I'm not 100% sure if I make the regular distinction or not, but I'll send a text just in case. Yeah. But like Focus everyone I know, people are like, I'll never answer my phone. I ne- Don't call me. Text me. Text me. But we want to be glued to these phones like it's an emergency at all times. But if the emergency actually happened, we probably wouldn't pick up. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So, ladies, let, so uh, let, let's bring it back around, though. So as you were talking about earlier, hey, I think there are righteous reasons for using this thing, valuable reasons to have it, use it. So what are your recommendations um, as you see it on how to have a healthy relationship with your phone? Like how, and it doesn't have to be out to everybody else. Just think about maybe even just you. Like, what, what do you think are the right, like, uh, guidelines or ways of thinking about it? Um, well, at least for me, um, I think, like, the two weeks or whatever I had was really useful because, like, not only did it, like, help me uh, just to, I don't know. It didn't really help me find other things to do. I still did, like, the same five things I would normally do. But I just did them for longer, I guess. Um, but, like, it helped me to realize at the core what I wanted to use my phone for so like for the first i don't know like three days i would like keep reaching for it like i'm gonna check the weather i don't care what the weather is i can see out the window <laughs> or, like, i'm gonna check the news or Fantastic. i'm gonna scroll pinterest or whatever and then like eventually it got to the point where like at the end of the week i was like boy i just really want to write it now or like you know it would be really convenient if i could look up some guitar chords right now like the basic things like i wish i could look up a drawing reference like the things that aren't really, I I'm not sure how to describe it, but like the more basic things that like in the end, what do you want to use this for the most? And then yeah. trying to since then I've tried to like constrict it to like mostly that, mostly just using it for those things. So it helped you figure out these are the things I intentionally go to the phone for, and those are valuable things. There, there's a, bu- a bucket of things that I do not intentionally go to the phone for, which may otherwise pull me in. Is yeah, that you figure that out in a vacuum? That's cool. And then this is kind of going back, um, but I'm not sure. This could be. This is completely hypothetical, and I just came up with this right now, so it could be completely wrong. Happens to me all the time. Um, me too. But I was thinking about the anxiety thing, and I wonder if, like, I don't think that can only be phones because my generation is not the only generation like using phones like we've grown up with phones but uh obviously like we kind of talked about like the usage is not just that and so just in the back of my head i thought like you know how every generation the one before you is like boy you guys are just wrecking the world like <laughs> like even back in like 
I was reading this cookbook from the 40s or something, and they were like, in America today, we ate more sugar than all the Europeans. This generation, we're just wasting. We're going to become like largy or something. I don't even know what that word means. But it, Margie? Yes. <laughs> Me. But, so then I thought like, is it possible that like every generation is like getting the – Hey, you're gonna. Your guys are just screwing this world up. But then it's built on top because your grandparents' generation think it too. So like every generation <laughs> is just getting more and more. Wow, you guys are just messing everything up. Kids don't call mine like they used to. <laughs> Kids don't so, call like, mine like they used to. I wonder. And then that's tied into the phones. Like that's people like now. Like my parents' generation and Rever are like, wow, you guys are just messing everything up with all your phones. And so like it's almost connected. So in a way. Like where it's just piling and oh, piling. Oh, it's doubled. Right. Yeah. So the phones may be contributing, but then uh, your parents' view of your use of the phones like makes it double anxious. And then your grandparents' view and then <laughs> your great-grandparents' view and like it just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't uh, – here's the thing though is like I am more frustrated with my generation and their phone use than I am with the younger generations, right? Because like I think – the, like the way that technology is is going, like it's almost a disservice if you plan on keeping your kids off technology, like really right. restricted, because like their job's going to be that. The, all communication is going that way. Like it's like like there's there's a little bit of foolishness in there to being like, look, we're going to stick with the stone tablet. It's always been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and so like there's real. It's, it's always been good to it's, me. It's always been good to us. It takes a little time. I wish I didn't know Jeremiah. It takes so long to write his name. But like, um, but but like I watch like people in my age that like are legit addicted to this phone. Like at work, even like they're supposed to be doing work. I don't know how many times I walk through a construction area, and there's. 30 guys and 25 of them are on their phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we're paying you to be here. Give me your phones. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be paying you a high hourly wage for you to stand around and be on your phone. You know? And so it it I find the whole thing like the anxiety thing like it's it's bearing itself out in youth, right? But the truth is all adults have it. Like like and and their outlet for complaining about it tends to be social media. And, and like, it's just this never ending stream of gross because all they do is get stuck in their head and then feed it again. And basically, like, they're just sitting there feeding this wolf of anxiety all the time and looking for validation. And either they get it or they don't. And they come right back to the same well again, trying for the exact same validation every time they're there. And so, like, I, I, I know the whole thing isn't bad. I know that. But, like, I think, I think it's really as simple as calling a pharaoh a pharaoh, right? Like, you know, if it owns you. Just like drinking, just like, just like whatever else thing that we're, that that God says you can do in moderation. Being largey, being largey, <laughs> right? Like you know when food owns you. Don't you don't have to lie to yourself. You know when it owns you. Can you have a Twinkie? God mad at you? No, you have Twinkie, fine. But like if it owns you, you probably shouldn't have that Twinkie. Same thing's true with the phone, right? I feel like my phone owns me, owns me right now. Like it's pretty easy to see that. Like I was sitting on the out on the on the deck with my wife. Finally got done doing a bunch of stuff, right? I sit down and I'm like. I'm going to play Homescapes. Dinner's probably 10, 15 minutes off. I'll throw a Homescapes game on. I sit down for 30 seconds, and then my wife goes, hey, can you go do this? And, like, I'm instantly, <sighs> because I was doing something I was I trying to play been. Homescapes. I was just wanting to play Homescapes. And so what a regular request is, like, hey, Mike, can you go grab me this spoon or something? I'd be like, sure, I'll get a spoon, no big deal. Except for if I already decided I was going to hang out with my phone 
And then now I'm irritated with my loving wife because I have to stand up and get a spoon. That sounds ridiculous. I mean, I feel like you'd be the same amount of mad if you were like, man, I can't wait to sit down and read this book. Oh, you want me to grab this spoon? But I just started reading this book. I think that's <gasps> probably fair. That's probably a fair comparison. But I would probably say that, like, I would go to, to the phone way more often than I would a book, right? Like, when you're preparing to read a book, I'm like, I got some time set apart. This is my book reading time. It's a little bit more protected, where the phone grabs your seconds, not your minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You might be interrupted 100 times a day because you grab that phone 100 times a day when you might have not have been so bold as to try to pick up a book except for maybe five yeah, times a day. Yeah, with a 10-minute time period between dinner, it would almost have been ridiculous for me to go, woman, I'm sitting down for a good read. I got 10 <laughs> minutes to go. Leave me be in my peace. <laughs> That's a little ridiculous. I do think then maybe this is like a separate problem where like if you're doing something so often that – like something so often for so short of time that you're getting interrupted, like you should try and figure that out and just like maybe set more specific time, like be more intentional about it. Cause like I do this with the guitar, like I'll just pick up the guitar. Mom's like, I get what done with one subject to give it to mom. And then I pick up the guitar and mom's like, why are you playing the guitar? Like, I don't know. I had a few seconds. And so technically I have no time to play the guitar right now, but I just picked it up and like, I'll do that. 20 times a day and every time i get interrupted i'm like come on i'm playing the guitar but like so maybe it's just that instead of and i probably would be more successful and more uh make more progress if i actually just got everything done and then set aside specific time to play the guitar and so i don't know if that applies to no the that's phone the whole key either, though like you but, nailed it right it's living with some intentionality absolutely. which means i own when i play guitar right. not the guitar owns me and the phone is a much easier uh, ownership. It's freaking squirrel. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that intentionality is huge on pretty much everything. Like, And I think the intentionality also would help kind of, uh, I don't know, it, uh, undemonize the phone situation yeah. if, if it became like, no, I know my 30 minutes or one hour of my phone time I get after dinner, after my chores are done, after homework's done, I sit out and for like my seven to eight. And I get some phone time, whether that's playing a game of homescapes, whether that's looking up some drawing references, whether that's my time to, you know, uh, grab a hold of a podcast that I've been wanting to get 20 minutes in, whatever. But like the intentionality of that is a huge thing that helps you rather than chasing squirrels. You are cert you are you are constructing your day with some thought behind it rather than just chasing squirrels all day. Yeah, because it's a resource for you, right? Yeah. Like drawing reference is cool. That's awesome. Or like, hey, I'm trying to write a 30s uh, uh, detective novel. Right. I got to listen to some things so I understand where we're at. Yeah, I looked That's... up a Better Homes and Gardens from 1972, and I wanted to hang right. out with it for a bit. But when I scroll Pinterest, I actually feel worse about myself because I'm like, here's all the things I should be doing. And then I just sit there and look and look and look and look. And now, well, you know what I accomplished? Nothing. Right? right. So like, the, like if you want to use – I like technology for heightening your life. Right. But like what it tends to do is becomes your life. That's yeah. I think that's that's the line. It's like when it starts to own you. Now some people will be like, Well, I intentionally want my life to be nothing. And so I just want to sit here and watch <laughs> other people play Minecraft. You know what I'm saying? Like and so I in general, like on that score, you're not contributing to the world anymore. You're just a big old consumer. And there's probably stuff behind that that's making you want to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. I struggle so hard, like not completely, but I struggle with the intentionality thing because it feels like planning and i hate planning i hate lists like my mom like scheduling out our day like okay we're gonna do this and i know i know like especially homeschool moms who are like okay from nine to ten you're gonna do this subject and like i just hate it i hate it so much it makes me feel like i get you're nothing rebelling done. against the entire school terrible. going and working world emma 
Like everybody's it's a good thing I don't do either way. of those. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like having a an, a school day from like here to here, that's different. But like when you're like, okay, you have, I just I don't know. I can't I can't make them for myself. I hate following them. And so then when I start and trying to be and super intentional, like planning out for the beginning of the day. Okay, so I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this. My day instantly feels like even if I have the same amount of time, it just feels gone, and I just hate it. When you're doing that planning, do you feel like there's a sense of failure behind it if you set it and you just don't stick to it? Like if you set your day out that you've got 30 minutes or an hour to do something and you don't keep to it, or you've got your your day planned out and you missed six things, and so you're really angry at yourself by the end of the day, do you feel like there's a sense of failure in that for you? Uh, I think there is, but it's different than like my mom will uh, will plan out the whole day mm-hmm. and like intend to get all of it done, and then she just won't have time because she overschedules everything. Okay. And then she's like, "Ugh!" And then she'll stay up super late trying to get as much of it done, <laughs> and then she won't feel like she actually got enough done, and she'll just it'll feel unsuccessful. But like it's a different, I don't know, it's sort of a different. I don't know. It's okay. a different sort of failure. Uh, are you? It's a, is is it is it that like uh, it feels boxed in? Yeah, yeah, it just feels it feels like so controlled and so planned out that like there can't be any sort of I don't know organicness to it. And then then even if I do get to write for like the hour from eleven to twelve, then it just feels then I have to end at twelve, and it just feels so. <laughs> yeah. And then I won't probably end at twelve, and then it's just like ah oh, now now I missed all my time to go read, and I really wanted to read today. I don't know. I just I don't work very well with that, but. I feel like there's got to be a way to be intentional without... With allowing for flexibility. Yeah. Grace, did you have something on that? Yeah. I mean, mean, this might just be a me thing, but, like, the fact that I have to make a list anyway means I've already failed at doing the task. So, like, I mean, so it just makes me feel bad anyhow. Like, the fact that I've had... What do you mean? Like, it would just organically happen so you shouldn't have to make a list? Yeah, like, like, I mean, I should have been able to get this done organically. But, no, I've got to have this piece of paper sitting on my wall that I look out and I'm like, ah, i got to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lists often represent a a first step that otherwise could have been addressing the the main thing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I spent all this time making a list. I could have been doing the thing. Yeah. Lists are just depressing. That's just (laughs) (laughs) the point. I mean, you guys aren't you guys aren't like missing on something that everybody else is killing it at. Just realize that first and foremost. Like the, the the vast majority of adults and working people in general suck at this. Like, they're just flat-out terrible at it. Given yeah. any level of freedom, most people are terrible at actually coming up with a with a coherent list of things that need to get done and sticking to the task, myself included in that, by well, the way. So does that mean it ain't the phones, then? As it, well, I, the reason I was bringing that question was, was from the perspective of, like, the intentionality of making lists can enable the phone to be a positive force yeah. rather than – just a negative squirrel chase oh, all the time. Yeah, but I, I think to, to Emma's – and this gets, I think, to the more nuanced place where we started, which is that, like, the phone is a, is the the most convenient and often most pernicious vehicle at sucking you in and keeping you in. Absolutely, yes. But a guitar can do the same thing. Agreed, yes. So could – if you're in 1848, so could a paper doll <laughs> that's been, you know, colored with a – like right. two wax crayons. Well, I spent too much time gardening today. Yeah, but it's, a paper it's, doll could still suck me in, honestly. Yeah, but it's way <laughs> different, right? Because like all that stuff, I don't. This is probably wrong, but but it's the consumer versus the producer thing to me, right? Like, uh, there there's an imagination needed for the paper doll, 
Right there's 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 work for you to put into it, not necessarily even work, but effort and thought. Oh oh oh! I think it's the potential of bad that comes with well, the phone versus the potential well, of bad that comes. With I gardening. think the phone goes. I'm going to shut off all my thought processes and just take in. I'm just going to take in everything. Take in, take in, take in. Okay, yeah. So the ability that those are two separate things, though. The ability to exploit your lack of intentionality is true for every one of them. Yes. Right. Agreed. How dumb you're getting while being distracted right. yes. is yes. the distinction you're yes. making. Yes. You're, you're you're four hours into a subreddit hole versus four hours into now you've gardened a whole plot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I, and you have no idea what you would actually. Yes, get I did done. just call you out. Uh, it, actually, spent four hours the other night. Um. Looking at a 1919 cookbook while watching the original Frankenstein. Why are both of you reading some ancient cookbooks? Is <laughs> They're this... interesting. I love this. I They're read really the old fun. cookbooks They're too. Really they spelled all the words weird, and it kind of <laughs> threw me off. But like, it wasn't even that old, and so I was confused. But anyways, it's really interesting. Yeah, they credited they credited the church ladies who like who gave out the recipes. Every every single recipe's got like a oh, and this came from Mrs. Haversham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sweet, thanks, Mrs. Haversham. <laughs> hey, I have some of those at home if you'd like to. Uh... I call dibs. <laughs> I'm gonna bring them Are in. Are they from 1915? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so, okay, like, so let's let's round it up, right? Like, I I know that parts of this conversation are convicting to everybody in some certain way, but like, is there a guiding principle, something you can keep in the back of your your head that that reminds you? Because like, no one wants to be told how to do this, right? No one wants to be parented this way. Uh, to, uh, the youth, especially me, of, of course. Right. Like nobody wants to be told how to do this, but like you have to allow people to speak into your life in a way that goes, crap, that is true about me. And yes, I think it is to my detriment. So how do I know when I'm when a, like a, a better way to look at this? Use of technology for one. I Well, so I think if, if bucket number one is probably a very um, it, you can. I need to be intentional about this, but like it, you tend not to know you are unintentional until you right. get on the other side of it, right? So I, I do think it is something. Okay, this is going to seem maybe ironic's not the word I want, but like you're going to have to intentionally look at your intentional use of the phone, <laughs> like yeah. something to think about at the end of the day and go, how did I do here? Oh, isn't it ironic? Well, maybe even okay. some family rules, you know, like hey, yeah. no phones during supper or something, you know, yeah. or whatever you come up with uh, after 8 o'clock or whatever. Maybe know. we just suck at making intentional things intentional anyway. So, like, <laughs> if if I if I wanted to look at my day and go, what are the three things that I want to get done every day? Like, I want these have to be intentional to me. And then everything else can pretty much fall where, where it lay. Do you think we're intentional with nothing, right? Like, if you were to say, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this guitar for half hour every day, and that is not one of the negotiables for me. Like and so I will find a place and that that is going to get written in stone. Everything else can get written in 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 pencil and I can move it as I as I need see fit. I mean, yeah, it's big rocks and little rocks. Yeah, it, like you got to figure out what are the things you want to absolutely get done and be intentional about those things. And let everything else fall around. And most of the time, like your life, your life responsibilities will dictate some of that for you. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, that's the thing, though, is that like how many things? Like I would say, the thing that that I make sure gets done every day is I go to work and do my work. But like that's not me being intentional. I I'm shackled to that. I have to do it. I'm accountable to somebody else. Like the question, but like, what do I do with my non controlled time yeah. yeah 
I there's the no most... reason to be upset about the work thing or the school thing. You already have to yeah, do it. Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. You're fooling yourself. You what helped me a in. ton back in the day was the old Franklin Planner system. It was the, the ABC123 thing, right? You write everything you're going to do down. Make a list, sorry. <laughs> Give an A to everything that has to be done. A B to like, yeah, I really should get done. A C to like, I'd like to do it, but it's not important. And then you go back and go one, two, three, go to the A's, what has to, what's first. And you and then, and then that's you, what it is. Minutes. That's a Franklin Planner. Yep. Covey. Somebody did that today. Yeah. I saw that somebody at work did that. They go, you hey, saw I, I put a Covey. I, I put it was my boss. He put a spreadsheet together and he's like, I look, I put these into A, B's, and C's, and then I rank the list. And I'm yep. like, well, it's kind of handy. <laughs> I have a little candle. I, I, I still every once in a while I'll buy the old Franklin I, just so I can do that. Because Franklin I can't do that Covey on my phone. became the Big Rock Little Rock conversation for me. Like that was another Franklin Covey yep. conversation. Yep. Was the Big Rock Little Rock thing? Man, this it was put be. put the big rocks in the vase. Like it, it's 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 put a bunch of little rocks in there, and then you can't fit the big rocks on top of it. So you put the big rocks in first in and, and then dump stuff. in all your yeah. little rocks and then they fill it around it. And so you get everything you need to in the one vase. And that was time management of scheduling yeah. your big things and letting little things fall around it. Like the random email that you have to respond to yeah. or the you know video clip that your friend sends you that's 30 seconds long. Like let it fill around thing. So that's the great point, right? Because the 30 second video gets to own you right now as soon as it shows up. That can't be right. Right? Yeah. Like that. Yeah, it's a filtering system of priority. That's right. You've got to be dis- – there's a, the, the underpin here. Like there's a discipline that's underpinning to a lot of this that we oh, yeah. just lack in general. Which like, means it's a skill, not a talent. Like you have to learn. Yes. To oh, absolutely. That's right. Yes, 100%. This is something you have to be yeah. intentional about is getting yeah. to and stuff like that, like getting disciplined to, to, to do things. Like what are the things that have to get done that you absolutely will not budge? And discipline is what dictates that. Yeah. Because even if you say I have to get this done, a lot of times we still don't. Like it gets thrown to two days from now or a week from now or we forget it entirely. It's a lack of discipline. Yeah, I actually I think I think thinking of discipline as a skill, not a talent is important because lest you go, oh, I'm not very good at that. Yeah. I'm not okay. disciplined as a person. Well, then you need to work on Boo-hoo. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Do you brush your teeth? Work on that first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For the sake of everyone. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, but like legitimately that skill versus will, uh, talent situation, like take those little things and make them uh, uh, like intentional. Like we, we brush our teeth. Do it two times a day. Make your bed in the morning. That's why, like, Navy dudes will always say that, too, where, like, making your bed in the morning and making certain it is done 100% of the time is one of the biggest things you can do to, like, start developing that discipline because it's no longer a thing that, like, "Eh, I might do that or I might not do that. It is 100% when I wake up, it is made. And so when you come home, it's there. It's done for you. And you can – you can feel that when you get home and you get to get hop into a nice because bed. Because the freedom of not making your bed, it's false freedom. Right? right. What it makes you feel like is you're in control whether you get to make your bed or not. But really what's in control is your laziness. Yes. And your irresponsibility. Yeah, why would you not do something that's good for you with up. the control that you have? <laughs> you that's being up? foolish if you're willingly choosing not to do something that is that is constructive with the freedom that you have to whether do it or not. That's right. It's this it's this it's the story of sin, right? It's it's not on the same level, right? But like this is what sin looks like. Sin looks like false freedom. Right? It yeah. says yeah. I get to make any choices that I want and I am better because I am free. And like what you're basically doing is allowing shackles to come and you're slowly getting pinned down like because it eventually catches up with you. Everybody that goes down a road of sinful behavior, it always ends up putting you putting you in a place you didn't want to be. Right. And because you thought, well, freedom got me here. And what and what Christ is offering is actual freedom. And he says actual freedom comes with these ways and comes Mm -hmm. with these thoughts and comes with this responsibility. And that's what actually produces freedom. But like easy freedom 
usually comes with a cost that you didn't right. had no intention of paying. Yeah, there's legit freedom daily being in the Word and daily praying to God and having that conversation, the, the relationship with Him that is is constant and disciplined. Not because it's it's something that that has to happen or you, it's your checkbox. It's because that's your plug in to where real freedom lives. Yes. I don't yeah. know if it's going to make it sense, but like at least for me, not making my bed doesn't feel like a freedom, but it feels like a shackle if I have to. And so like I think most of that time cuz I don't it's not like I feel free most of the time when I'm lazy. Once I or like when I don't clean my room, when my room's a mess, it just feels like normal. But then when I have to clean it for like the sixth time this week because it just keeps getting dirty, cleaning it again and again and again feels like the shackle. Speak to it, Mike. You're a slob. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, you got a problem with authority. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, me, I got something to say on the bed thing. Uh, me too. <laughs> but, but go ahead, Grace. I mean, like, I mean, I usually don't make my bed because I because I sleep with, like, my, my leg wrapped around the blanket and, like, hugging the blanket. Yeah. So, like, I don't even sleep under the blanket. So, like, I mean, what's the point of making it? Realize I'm going to rip it up the second I get in that, there. That statement isn't about, like, hey, you should make your bed because, like, that's the way you're going to sleep in it. I do the same thing. I get that. But, like, the fact of the matter is it's doing it something intentional and being disciplined about it and using that as a way to build discipline in your heart and in your mind of things that have to get done constantly. So that as you develop that concept of discipline in your life and getting better at doing even mundane and unnecessary ah. things, you build that, I, that. It's worked for me in, in certain ways of like things I have to get done and things I know need to be done. I do them every day because it's a pain in the butt, but I like. But it, it helps me build that. I feel more disciplined if it, in other things that I have more freedom in, if things that really don't matter, I'm still doing and creating routines and things like that. I feel like you'd just be more useful or I guess I guess it'd be better if if like instead of like making my bed every morning, which I'm never going to use. I'm just going to get in the bed, tear it up, blankets around like legs around a blanket anyway. If I did, if I if I had like did something that was actually useful to me, like yeah, I went not. downstairs and yeah, like made don't. breakfast. But you're not. But that's the, that's the that's the whole point is like the discipline that's being pushed on you uh, in this season of life. Right. Is teaching you a skill so you can use that discipline for the things that you want to do later in life. The point is not to make your bed. The point is learning how to be disciplined in something. And it's even better of a lesson when you're being disciplined in something you don't want to do. Right. Because that is actually discipline. And your life will be full of things you don't want right. to do. Right. If, if my discipline was get up every day and drink a soda at 7 a.m., that's not discipline. Because I want to <laughs> oh do boy, that this anyway. Is rough stuff. <laughs> Getting up at 7 a.m. Man, I hate these 7 a.m. sodies. <laughs> that's right. But like the discipline is because there's going to come a time, right? And this is a skill that almost no one learns anymore, right? Because you don't have to. But, like, you find people that are successful at something, it's because they can discipline themselves into doing something they don't want to do. Because right. every road yep. every road to the thing that you want, it has discipline There's in bumps. it. There's it bumps. It has discipline in it to get past bumps, to get, to get past setbacks, right? And if you don't have the skill of being disciplined in something, then you will never achieve what you wanted to, and you will feel like a big, fat failure. I can tell you that I grew up in an incredibly undisciplined house. I just flat out did. Like, my parents did not push anything on me. I didn't have a lot of chores that I had to get done. I wasn't responsible for basically anything in my house. I didn't need to make my bed. Um, I, Like, legit, my parents didn't even do the whole checkup on, like, hey, did you brush your teeth situation? Like, I was terrible at that stuff when I was 10, 11, 18 even. Like, it's gross, but it was the truth. I grew up very undisciplined. And as an adult, what I find is is I find myself lacking when I have to do things and I need to get things done. I do not have that basis or that that uh, that that discipline bone in my body. It has been a fight 
as a grown-up to have to go, well, I have to do the dishes today. Well, why? Well, because if I wait six days, it's going to be gross. I have to cook today. Well, why? Well, even though I don't want to, it's because if I don't, I'm going to have an excuse to go get fast food Which is funny because you think when the time comes, you'll step up. You think if you I'm ever not. in this situation where, like, I should check my tire pressure yep. before I leave – you know, I'll just do it because that makes all kinds of sense. Only to find out that you've gone undisciplined your whole life, you will look at the tire and go, I don't know. I bet we could make it till I get back from the gas station. And then your tire blows. And then your tire, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's because it really is a skill that you have yeah. to learn. And so, like, understand that, like, it is harder when it's coming from somebody else. It's better when it comes from you. Right. But you don't have skills to do it right now. Otherwise, you would be doing it on your own. And when you can come to a situation like having to make your bed, something that means nothing and something you really don't want to do and something that just seems like a pain in the teeth, but you get it done and disciplinely and with discipline, continue to do that over and over again and build those those habits that are maybe mundane and may not be changing to your whole world when there are things that could change your whole world that are hard things that you don't want to do, but you've built that concept of dis- discipline as a skill in yourself it is so much easier and it is much less trudging up Mount Everest than it would have been if you wouldn't have had that undergirded concept of discipline, even in the light of things you don't want to do or don't matter. Yeah, the process sucks, though. It sure does. <laughs> it's hard. So every, every few years I, I teach through the class of spiritual disciplines, you know, prayer, right. fasting, meditation, so, solitude, so forth. And I'm doing I'm starting it again on Wednesday. And I think I got 35 people signed up. I mean, they're just flocking to oh, it. Wow. Because... We're not disciplined. Right? Yeah, nobody As does people. it. And they're all like, they're, they're craving it. It's like, I, I want spiritual growth. Well, it's making your bed every day, except it's instead of that, it's 15 minutes of reading. Right. It's, it's it's actually praying rather than saying, oh, yeah, I, I got a prayer life. It's, you know, it's on my list. And it's like, no, you don't. And, and uh, it's creating those disciplines spiritually that that radically transform your life. We're waiting for an experience, a mountaintop, or whatever. No, it's the disciplines that that actually do that, that guide you, that that do everything you need in life for you to have a connection with God and a and a thriving relationship. It requires discipline, not not right. the E chord, right? I mean, it, it's 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 through the disciplines, and and we're terrible at it. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I say I am terrible. Yeah, at, at, at every this, frustration in my life is based on an area where I'm undisciplined. Yeah, every single yeah, one. Me too. Dang, I'm convicting myself. Crap. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not throwing you two under the bus, saying, oh, "Hey, no. you're young. Like, get this down." I'm 31 years old. I turn 32 next month. I'm still struggling with this hardcore, and I wish that I would have grabbed a hold of this 13 years ago. Like, I really wish I, I many things, but this is one of the biggest ones that, like, my life has been directly affected in negative ways because of my lack of discipline. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it adds any light to this conversation, I've been making myself get up. And make breakfast in the mornings. I hate eating breakfast in the mornings. It makes me feel sick. But the, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't like. I don't like food maybe in the you mornings. Cook it better. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> a, that's a good idea. But like, I've been making myself get up and make breakfast because I don't know. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, or whatever. And like, I'll end because most days I'll end up like forgetting for like I'll I'll get focused on something and then I won't eat till like 3 p.m. Be like, man, I didn't eat anything. I didn't eat anything. But but like sometimes some days I'll be like, oh. I mean, I had breakfast earlier. I cooked something. Uh, I dirtied a pan. So there that it is. Sucks, but <laughs> yeah. I cooked. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, though. Like, like yes. when you get to walk back into your bedroom and look at that bed and go, "Oh yeah." 
And yeah, it's the concept yeah. if it's a quick accomplishment too. Like I don't know if you guys struggle with like feeling like you never get anything done. I guess mine's the concept and... of staying alive by eating. <laughs> I suppose that's fair. And regardless of the breakfast is the most important meal of the day situation, like I'm proud of you for being intentional about that. Yeah. I think that's the big thing there is you said you wanted to do something and you're doing it. That's huge. And uh, another comment, the bed thing is it's seeing something done. It, it, uh, what I struggle in a lot of the times is I feel like my tasks – are are very like in the clouds and I don't really get a lot of a sense of completion in a lot of situations. And so what, what happens is like, I feel like I've got a thousand open pages, but no red books. And so it drives me nuts because I'm like, I feel like nothing's actually happening for me because I don't have any measure of success with what's going on. Hmm. But if I've got little things like I got my dishes done or walk into my room, my bed's made, or I made certain I cleaned the bathroom this week. Like it's, I can show something is done. My brain can go, ha ha. Success. And the concept of success is not just pushed past the horizon every time. I can see it and it's done. Uh, I guess I guess that's I guess that's a bit difficult for me to get. I mean, like as a teenager, I have there. I mean, I mean, I have two trains of thought that can switch at any second. One of them is I'm 15 years old. I should not like like there is no reasonable expectation for me to have finished like uh, like I mean, I guess what am I thinking of? What's the word? Like an example, metaphor, I don't know. <sighs> Give me a second. Oh. Okay. okay. I, here's the thing is what I was thinking of while you were talking is like this is why uh, this is why I like to mow the yard, right? <laughs> Just like, see it get done. Right, because yeah. it's done. Yep. And like there's no surprises. Like maybe the mower breakdown once in a while, but like it's repeatable. Yep. And it's, there's a pattern to it, and, it's, and, I can, and when it's done, you can get and go, it's done. Right. And like, it's the same reason, like, I like mundane tasks because you're like, like you're, as you get older, your responsibilities are a thousand open books and none of them are like coming to fruition. And you're like, I just want to see an accomplishment somewhere. Your brain and, needs that. Yeah. And so like, it's like, uh, we don't have any carpet, but like vacuuming is super relaxing for people. <laughs> right. Like you uh -huh. just go in. A, I volunteered to clean the pool because I just like to see a difference. For yep. me, have had I been started there. a task, I finished a task, and I can I can mark where it was done. Yes, and you can say like there's a there's a there's a delineation here, right? This happened, and like there's a difference for me have been have been there, and like even if you pick something stupid like leaving soda cans throughout the house or something, you go, you know what? From now on, no soda cans. Right. I, and then you do it, and then you walk into every room going, I don't see no soda cans. Nailed it. <laughs> you yep. know what I'm saying? Picks. Yeah. I mean, you can do anything, but like. It it really is a skill. It's right. a skill, and it's a tough skill to learn. Is there a way uh, to help someone feel accomplishment in, like, small things? Because I think, like, if I take my room, for example, my room's almost always a mess. Mm -hmm. It takes me forever to clean it, and then before I know it, it's a mess again. And so, like, I don't feel successful when it's clean. I don't walk in. Like, I'll like it for a day, and I'll try to keep <laughs> it for a day. But then, like, eh, it's clean. Okay. And then, but once it's dirty again, then I'm like, oh, now your room is dirty again. And so, like, I only end up feeling the failure end. Instead this is of sin, so grace should abound. <laughs> so, Maybe that's where the list comes in, because yeah. then you at least get to check it off. There's, there's an exhaustion <laughs> that comes with, like, I'm always constantly having to do this. I'm always failing this because I never do it right. And it's been six days since I cleaned my room, and it's a nightmare again, right? Or, like, or like, even, like, even if you think of it, it could be as innocuous as, uh, like, the laundry and the dishes never stop at my house. Right. Yeah. Six people in my house, right? Hey, the, the dishes are done. Weren't they just done like six <laughs> hours ago? Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, that when it comes to that, like part of it is there's a discipline to not letting get dirty again. 
Like, if you're walking in there throwing everything on the ground and going crazy on your art art counter or whatever, like throwing paint at the wall or whatever, oh man, my my place is dirty again. That's kind of on you, left. Like you gotta be. There's there's a level of like, <laughs> hey, don't throw your clothes on the ground every time. Get a hamper. <laughs> like, yeah, if the hamper use clothes. your hamper. <laughs> if, if there's a bunch of trash around, get a trash can. And if you have a trash can, use it. Like there's a certain level of intentionality. The trash can to, is also full. Yeah, take the trash out. <laughs> so so here's the real situation though. Break it into little things. Like break it into little tasks that you can you can feel accomplished for. Because if your task is constantly clean the room. And it feels like you're always having to do it over and over again, and it never, never is never done. And then sometimes it gets super messy, so it feels like a failure situation, right? And those suck. Those weigh heavy, and it hurts. Break it into smaller things. It is no longer zero or 100. It is zero to five means I picked up the trash on my dresser. 10% may be I picked up that shirt on the floor. If it's got to be that, I've been in that situation before. Because if I'm being very honest here... When I feel super depressed in situations, my room is reflected in that because it's the easiest place to give up. It is the easiest place to give up on any yeah. concept of discipline. Ain't no one judging me. In yeah, here. exactly. Any concept of discipline, any concept of like responsibility or failure. I'm too exhausted, too tired because everything's crazy. Everything's always on fire. I don't want to have to deal with this. In those moments, I've been in a situation where it, it, I've had to be dug out of a room before. And I, I hate saying that it was it was a time in my life when I was very depressed. I was covered in food bags and trash and everything like that. I've it was it was disgusting where I was living. But someone helped me by coming in and helped me clean the room so that I didn't feel overwhelmed because it wasn't just me doing it. But what I had to do in that moment was go, how do I make certain this never happens again? Okay, well if it's exhausting to go zero to one hundred, what's five percent? Five percent is I picked up that trash in that section right there. 10% is I picked up the clothes off the floor. 25% is I wiped down my mirror, right? Like 50% means that there's no trash, there's no you know random clothes on the floor. I know I've got laundry in the hamper, but I'm better than I when I was at 20%. And it's allowing yourself to no longer just put success way off over past the horizon. It can be right in front of you by you right-sizing the things that need to get done. And when you have that kind of concept where it's like, wait, I went from zero to five. I'm not at 100 but I feel good about the fact that I'm infinitely better having gone zero to 5%. And five to 10 may not seem like a lot, but there's improvement there. And I can be proud of myself for that. And when I'm able to take those kind of steps to make a bigger step to what you go from zero to five, it's crazy. You go from five to 25, it's nuts. You go from 25 to 75% of the stuff is done. Your life is changed because you take advantage of the fact that I may not be perfect, but I am miles ahead from where I used to be. I mean, like, I mean, with the room and the soda can thing, though, like, A, the, sh- the soda can shouldn't be in the house anyway. The fact that they're there in- or, like, the room shouldn't be dirty anyway. The fact that it's dirty or the soda cans are there in the first place means I'm already failing. No, right, no. no. The reality of the situation is whatever that may be, that doesn't mean that you can't change now to the next second. Yeah, you and- can look at it in the past and go, yeah, it shouldn't have been that way in the first place. But having that conversation with yourself in that moment does not fix anything. It's also not the- a failure. Right, like yeah. it's, it, 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 it is not ranked that way at all, right? Like you're putting it that way. Yes, and and then and to Buva's point, like this is exactly what it looks like to build a Bible reading absolutely discipline, right? Like you don't have to go from zero to Billy Graham today, right? Like <laughs> get a chapter in, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm read saying? Read a psalm. Yeah, read a psalm, right? And this is what it looks like, and 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 like all this disciplines are disciplines, and they work the same way through spiritual disciplines as they do through regular living disciplines. Is like you, you got to start somewhere, yeah. and you just start. 
Right. You just start. Like, I, I, I mean, to be real honest, my wife nails this. She's a very disciplined person. I am not mm-hmm. at all. And, like, I've never been. But I say that because, like, I just don't try very hard, you know, until I start looking at, 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 at her discipline. And I'm like, well, I could grab my pants. Like, it doesn't have to be obvious where I took off my pants, you know what I'm saying, for evidence later. I could just pick them up and put them somewhere. I didn't understand the connection in, right there. You said my wife is a really good Bible reader, and I could grab my pants. No, no, disi- I didn't say <laughs> Bible reader. Just skills. I said disciplined person, right? Like, she, oh, like, okay, yeah, okay. and like she is a very good Bible reader, by the way. But like, uh, b- but she doesn't leave pants on the ground ever. Yeah, and she doesn't. Like, I don't. You don't ever find her pants just hanging around. And so, like, uh, it's still, it's just, it's, it's what Boo is nailing it, right? Like, this is what it looks like to start Bible reading. Like, you don't go up going, God, I know I'm a failure. Um, I'm going to try to put down. The, all of uh, Corinthians today, how does this offering smell to you? He's like, <laughs> useless. It smells useless to me, right? Like, I can't do anything with this. It smells lukewarm because tomorrow yeah. you're not going to read But find anything. me when you read three verses and then prayed about it. Find me there. And let's start with that today and see what that looks like. Yeah. But yeah. then when I start with the little things and when I fail at those, when I inevitably, inevitably will, then it just feels even worse because you're like, now you can't even do the smallest bit. I understand that. I do. And here's here's the thing is is it sounds like there's a self-imposed failure on these things that's coming from another place, right? Like nobody wakes up in the morning and feels failure at the fact that they didn't pick up the the pop can on the floor. There's more stuff happening, and so there may be there may be a level of conversation that needs to happen to go. What kind of expectations do I feel exist? What kind of expectations do I feel like I'm being told I'm failing at? What kind of expectations do I feel like I'm telling myself I'm failing at? And grace abounds in a lot of these conversations because, like, you're never going to be 100% perfect. It's impossible. You will not be that way. But, like, there is success in 0 to 5%. That's why I was saying that. Like, even if the next day you fail at the 5%, okay, guess what? There's another next day. There's another next day after that. Yeah, and it sounds a, like self-imposed failures, like, that aren't really failures. I mean, like, I mean, when you said, uh, like, what expectations are other people putting on me? I mean. Like, like I probably should be following those expectations. Uh, Agreed. Like, I'm following the expectations of a 40-year-old man, and I'm a 15-year-old girl. Pro- who has more knowledge in this situation? Probably not me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, they, I mean, they're rightful expectations in your life that you should be living up to, and yes, you should be rising to the occasion in those moments. But, like, if if that conversation is going to where you feel like you're failing at all times, even in little things that you're imposing— like there's a conversation to be had that goes, hey, how can I right-size this situation? How can I rise to the occasion still? Because I don't believe the answer is, well, no expectations for everybody because it doesn't feel right half the time. Yeah. You've got to rise to it. Like There is probably some 40-year-old to 15-year-old stuff that you aren't doing great that you need to get better at. Like There's no doubt about it. But it's not – it shouldn't be every day is a war zone when it comes to expectations because like I didn't clean my room today. Like that's not that's not a level of peace that we're called to have and 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 feel. Like there's some stuff that you need to rise to, and there's some stuff we always need to get better at and continue to iterate to be better and better and better as we grow up and mature. But like, if every day is I'm crippled by failure and anxiety, there's something going on. I mean, I feel like I feel like most of the time I'm mad at myself for being mad at myself. Like, what is this pity party? Am I a sitcom character? What is this? Yeah. Like what? Like. Like this is what people in TV shows do is they feel is they is they feel bad. This is a character trait. I'm a real human being. I'm I like like I sh- I can pull myself up by my bootstraps and here I am sitting like sitting in my pity. Do you, what am I doing? Well, so, do you want to know where a lot of like go ahead Ben? Sorry. Well, yeah, you know what's interesting, Grace? 
is that like there's almost a little bit of um, emotional list building in there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, don't say the, don't say that word. Not I, list. No, I know. Like, I th- that's that, that's what what hit me is like it's interesting because um, sometimes we spend a lot of time in our own minds trying to sort out where things have. Hey, where do they go wrong? Why can't I do any better? Blah blah blah. When you know what you could do, you just do the thing. You would know say like the th- the thing that that triggered all the all the stuff instead of the emotional list building. Go okay, I, I I can't seem to get it right, but someone brought it to my attention. I go, you know what? I am on it. I'm gonna go do this thing right now. And then you're at least five steps ahead of sorting out why you didn't do it yesterday, <laughs> but you you took care of it right away type of thing. Like because I think that is there is a load there is a load in here that like tries to resolve a current problem and then why it's been a problem like it's a very kind of psychoanalysis thing and but like there's a this was part of what i was thinking when the example god is super gracious uh but like sometimes your parents aren't and right <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> and sometimes your sometimes your spouse isn't sometimes but, yep. you're not to yourself sometimes right you're not to yourself uh, but here's the thing sometimes you like what what we mistake um grace doesn't always mean Hey, just let it go. Right. Like if I if I put pants and I left them on the floor 15 days in a row, does it make sense when my wife goes, "Look, man, you just need to get yes. it right." Like it doesn't mean you suck as a person, but you have been sucking at this. Yeah, this and, pants situation needs to resolve. Right. <laughs> and it's and it's okay. And like that's the thing is is reduce is is um we got to be careful that we don't put too much of a load on, "Hey, I I don't have to pants problem doesn't mean I suck as a person." But it does mean I suck at the pants thing, and oh. I do need to fix it. I was right. so bad at this when we first got married, so bad about this, right? She'd bring up the smallest thing about me, and I would take it as, like, you treat me as if I'm the worst husband ever, right? Like, I would I would turn it into this huge thing where, like, I, like there was no room for her to speak into my life because I was so sensitive to the fact that I had screwed something up. And, like, it would create massive problems yeah. out of nothing. Right, because I was—I don't know—I had—I had no confidence in myself. I was worried about you know people thinking less of me. I was self-imposed failures left and right, and I, I wore them heavy. And so the, the that had the, to be rough. You guys were kind of barbaric. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know the stories of your bachelor years. Oh man. <laughs> and so, but like, but thing is, it only mattered when I met when I ran into somebody that I cared about their opinion, right? Like, I mean, Ben comes say the same thing. I'm like, go away, Ben. Yeah, you know, what I'm so, I, don't, I don't want to talk about that. Not to not to get hyper emotional on it, but you guys know me well enough. I'm going to when it, and, and you can you can call upon this as something that may may seem similar, but this is my experience and see if anything sniffs similar. You don't have to be identifying where I'm at. A lot of the times when I have like an overwhelming sense of failure on even little things, when I take a step back, that's not the main thing. That's not the actual problem. That is symptomatic of something else that's going on. Whether it is a depression in my life that I've got going on where I feel generally worthless or don't feel like I deserve to be in the circles that I'm in or have the relationships that I'm in or whatever, I feel like I didn't. Uh, pay the cost of existence to even be in a place where I could even think to myself to be able to do a normal thing like clean my room or like uh, uh, do my homework or get my chores done or something like that. It's, it is, it is a symptom of a bigger thing. And so when I find myself in a place where I'm undisciplined and everything feels exhausting and everything feels like a failure and I feel like I can't even do the little things rarely ever is that the real thing. It's one step backwards to where I go, okay, I've got to get my base set where I'm like, none of this situation uh, eliminates my worth as a human being. 
Like, I'm worthy of being in the conversation. I'm worthy of being in the mass that I'm taking up and the air that I'm breathing. If I can hold those things to be true that 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 I, I belong here, then it's no longer a situation where now I'm failing in everything. It's like, well, if that's off the table to be something I have to fight through, then it's just the next thing is, well, I just got to get something done. And it's not so exhausting anymore because I'm not sitting here having to fight for for my own worth. When that's taken off the table, my next fight can be all of my brain goes into get the thing done. Okay, the thing's done. Move past it. Even if I failed at it a little bit, there's grace to be had that I put forth effort and I did it. And I started doing it. Whether, like I said before, it's the 5% of something or it's 80% of something. It's no longer I'm fighting to be worthy of this. It's just normal living. And like when I feel worthy of the conversation and whether when I know that God's got me and I've got a firm foundation – a lot of this stuff starts to solve itself because I'm no longer having to fight to be there. I belong there. I'm just doing normal stuff. I'm I'm realizing that this is probably the source of a lot of my problems because I just thought, and it kind of fits with what Uncle Mike said, is that I think when I feel like I failed, yeah, then I feel guilty for failing. Right. And then guilt makes me defensive. And so yeah. my mom's like, why didn't you clean your room? Then I start arguing with her. Yep. Like, making up all these reasons, I start defending not cleaning my room like I think I shouldn't have. Well, why should I clean my room? doesn't matter to me if it's clean. When In <laughs> reality, I just feel guilty for not cleaning my room. I think that's an incredibly mature conversation that you just had with yourself to go, like, maybe this is the reality of what's happening. And, like, being an adult and being mature and growing up, part of that is to understand that, like, the thing that's most present here, like, the big thing that's blowing up or the thing that's most prevalent or most present in front of my face is not actually what's happening. There's something back here that's going on. Why am I angry in this moment? Okay, take a step back. Where's that anger coming from? Did I do something that I failed at? Did I even is, – is failure even a conversation to be had? Yeah, why is no. this word even yeah. here? Why yeah. am I even <laughs> thinking that failure is yeah. present? It's not. It's not a, it's not a pass-fail situation. It's, Dude. I should have cleaned my room. I didn't. Well, I should clean my room yeah. rather yeah. than just sit here. It's not a failure. Yeah, I just didn't do it. Yeah, you didn't do it. Okay, live in that. <laughs> Give yourself grace, but that doesn't mean you don't go clean your friggin' room. <laughs> Most, I mean, I'm at my worst when I'm feeling guilty. And Absolutely. Just at we my absolute worst. guilt. Yeah. There's a reason that the Lord, I just, yeah, exactly. You see that a lot in, in addiction where, when people yes. have tried really hard to not do whatever the addiction, mm-hmm. yep. and then they do it, and they fall, and then they feel terrible, then they're all, no, I'll just go, you know, and they yep. do it more, and yep. it's just a circular Man, thing. I... The angriest moments between you and I have been in my guilt. Absolutely 100%. When I'm guilty of something, I, I lash he's, out. Hey, he's talking to Mike. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm that's, talking to Mike. Sorry. Yeah, I lash out. I lash out in guilt. That's exactly the same creature. Like yep. this is we we all do this. Yep. Grace, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say that. Uh, I mean, a lot of times I'll use honesty to get out of a butt chewing. Like uh, <laughs> they'll be like, "Hey, you were supposed to do this thing. Why didn't you do this thing?" I'll be like, "Cause I'm a lazy idiot." I don't. I don't add the idiot part, but I like. But most most often, except for when I've done something stupid that I know I shouldn't have done, but like most of the time it's because it's like. It's because I'm a lazy and fallible human. That's why. Like, uh-huh. so you should go do the thing. I'm like, yeah, I should go do the thing. <laughs> yeah, but but I but I think you're right. But like, if you started out with self-deprecation and the thought that it was a failure and not just a miss, um, like it just it holds on too long, right? Yeah. Like, and it stops you, us, like it stops us as people from getting the thing done that we even intended, right? Like, it's just like the infraction pays ten times the cost. It's a horrible roulette wheel. You know what I'm saying? Like you finally win, but now the cost of it, of the fail, 
costs so much. And Ooh. no matter how hard you try, you're never going to nail it every time. So now you're holding 10 times the guilt all the time. Yeah, and it's often 10 times – back to your example. Think of how many times like you didn't do something that you are supposed to do. This is not for you in, in general. I, this is in general, I guess. But like you don't do something you're supposed to do, start defending yourself. And now for having not done one thing – now you're in like a long conversation, right. drawn out. You're saying stuff you probably shouldn't say, yep. rising up people's anger. Like the cost of not having done the one thing and then gone to bat about it is ten times more than going, right. yeah, I missed that. And I'm gonna you go take know care of damn it. well you should, you could have done the thing. You purposely did not do it. You're yeah. like, I didn't pick up that pizza box. <laughs> and I hate long conversations. Like, like I'll, I'll always try, like. I'll, uh, I'll get called and say, "Hey, why didn't you do this thing?" And then it turns into a whole a whole conversation about like like and see and and you and you guys don't do the things like this. And I'm like like okay, I get it. I messed up. Can we stop talking? I'll do the thing. I'll make you happy. And then we don't have to. And then you don't have to give me the roast no more. Because can I can I amend this? No, can, can I just fix better. this? The 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 guilt and the failure and the grace conversation really kind of does mirror itself in my walk with Christ too. Because like if I'm stuck in guilt and failure. And how crappy I am and like how I'm never going to do this right. And I'm never going to get to the point where I, where I, where I need to be. I start sinning like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I literally just go, what's the point? Like, what is the point if I'm going to fail at this forever? And I suck because there's no situation in which I don't. So I might as well just go off the friggin' deep end. Yeah. But the Lord comes in and he goes, that's not the conversation here. Right. Yeah. You're having, who are you talking right. to? <laughs> I've completely eliminated this concept of failure. If you call me your king and your God. I have erased it from from the situation. It's not on your scales any longer. My grace comes with the fact that, yeah, you're going to screw up, but that doesn't give you a pass. That means you still try to get better at this, and you and you 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 build yourself in maturity, and you grow in things like this. The Lord has completely taken away the the, the consequence of sin, but that doesn't mean you get to act like a boob. Like you got to figure it out and and live your life. It's not a failure when you screw up. I mean. It is, don't take it like crazy, like there's no such thing as sin. I don't believe that. But like, it's not failure from the perspective of like, it's worth it to just dump, jump off the deep end. It just means get back on the friggin' road. Like the Lord has taken that away from you. Stop living in sin and failure and guilt forever. Get back on the road and walk with him. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, so the, like the whole, the whole, the, the fear, guilt, self-deprecation conversation that's going on right now. I had almost the exact same conversation with the gal I'm doing Bible study with this morning, uh-huh. and uh, and uh, and I like uh, passed it off like I'm not self-deprecating. I uh, I am the definition of the cool sunglasses emoji. Emma can attest. I sent her that exact text this morning, <laughs> and uh, and and the Lord brought it up again. I'm like, dang it, hey, maybe yeah. I am. <laughs> hey, hey Grace, the identity that you tell people that they have because of how much God loves them completely means you too. Just a heads up. Yeah. It it completely means you as well. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are such a wonderful creature and a, a a loved daughter of the Lord. And what you call upon for your friends when you're trying to help them is the exact same person that you are. And so those moments of self-deprecation, remember that God doesn't depreciate your value. He builds you up and tells you that you are great and his daughter. And he created you to sleep like that, but you still got to make your bed. Yeah, but you're still gonna make it. So, you know what I found <laughs> very freeing about this conversation? Like, uh, like you love you when you keep screwing up and not reading your Bible. This is, doesn't mean that you don't love Jesus. It means you got no discipline, friend. This is not a crisis of faith. It's a crisis of you have no discipline. Yeah, but Girl, your faith didn't your change. God didn't go anywhere. Jesus ain't mad. 
Yeah. You're just irresponsible and lazy. <laughs> That's he didn't move. He's standing right there going, seriously, I'm still right here. Still here. Yeah. I guess I'll make another pot Do of Do you coffee. not want this cloak and this ring? Get over here. Hey, that sounds like some, some self-deprecation talk over there. What's that? You're... You're irresponsible I mean, and lazy. I got yelled, well, I got yelled well, for saying that exact thing this morning by my Bible study. He's already. not saying he's stupid. He's saying he's undisciplined to get freaking put your boots I'm, on. But the thing is, is like, uh, uh, like I've been guilty of this in the past. I'm like, man, I just don't feel like I'm walking with the Lord. And like, I just, we just feel so far apart. Let me run like, 30 like, miles backward. Like a, like a big crisis of faith, you know? But the truth is, I just got no discipline. I got no discipline. And so like, do I, do I want to spend time with Jesus? Yes. Do I love the Lord? Yes. Will I tell people how great he is? Yes. Did I read my Bible today? Eh, I don't know. I couldn't seem to square it in. <laughs> right? It's it's a discipline problem, and it's a skill, not a talent. And so, like, because I'd be just as guilty of this if, like, when I don't read my Bible, like, me and Boova are on a Bible reading uh, accountability group. Boova's nailing it. Mike is not. And so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm nailing it three days out of the week and going, man, I just, I don't know. I just want to be on fire for the Lord. I don't know why I'm chasing after everything else. I just got my priorities all screwed up. I need to put God as the focus. And the truth is, he still is. I just right. got no discipline. <laughs> yep. Hey, uh, what's that one meme, the Scooby-Doo one, like, man, I wonder who's ruining my relationship with the Lord. And they pull the mask off Fred and it's him. That is Fred my... pulls off the mask and it's another Fred. Yeah. That's my favorite meme. <laughs> <laughs> who's responsible for all my problems? What? Yeah. It's me. Man, I feel like you've, you, like, you've always been hand. pretty good at, at discipline. Like, is it a thing? It, like, is it really a skill? Like, you started learning it a long time ago? I know you have failures at this, but, like, in general, when you say you're going to do something, you tend to stick with it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, like, a hugely undisciplined <laughs> person. But but if it's big, I do. I do. I just, like fasting. I just, You've, you're always very consistent agree, yeah. yes. with your fasting yeah. as an example. I think, I think it's, it's the making bed thing. Yeah. It's, like, because I need to do it. Right, and that's enough for you. And that's enough. It's like okay, it's it's, it's biblical. It's it's important. I, I was thinking when you when you were you were talking there, you you were saying what explaining spiritually what we were just talking about with the, with the bed thing and, and the room thing. Uh, I want to be on fire for Jesus. I want my room entire clean. Oh crap! I didn't write, read my my Bible today. Oh, I didn't make my bed. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's all the same. It's all yeah. it's all the same. Right. Yes, and, and uh, so it's it's the little things that add up to to a vibrant faith. And and I guess I've just I've done a lot of little things, but I'm I'm fairly inconsistent like anybody else, you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but because I'm committed to the these disciplines and I teach them, I'm teaching them now because I wanted to be reminded, to be honest. Yeah. And evidently everybody else did too. Um, <laughs> or not everybody, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, so uh, <laughs> you just that's the whole thing. You just got to keep doing it. I was raised much like you. I always say I was raised by wolves, and I really was. I mean, yeah. I, Dad worked nights. Mom was gone during the week, so yep. I literally was on my own, you know. Right. And my and my older brothers, and uh, uh, so yeah, I had zero discipline um, growing up. So uh, you know, I'm just a couple of years older than you are, and I still right struggle with discipline. Yep. And, and so yeah, but so, but you got to make yourself. You just decide. And and we anybody can, can. You can. We can attest, like as a group through experience, where you have been disciplined. That like it felt like freedom. Oh, it's, oh yeah. it's the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. It's the absolute best. You know what? You, you know, a lot of my fasts have to do with my children. I've I, I fasted per, per semester, right. school, blah, blah. My 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 youngest just graduated from dental school Friday, and it, and it was I it was it's almost emotional thinking of all the prayer that went into that. Yeah, I mean, she did the work, she did the stuff, and and everything. Um, but it's like now I'm like crap. I don't. What's going to keep me going? Mm. <laughs> 
Dude, you know, what a wide open world to say like you've spent your time focused fasting and prayer for the for your two kids. Decades now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean grandkids are coming. Were involved, but, but like but that was like the focus. You know what yeah. what's what's interesting on that thought process of like what's what the discipline has actually like shown up for you is like there's a there's a faith that God is going to move yeah, when you are absolutely. disciplined. 100%. Like there's a faith that like God will reveal to you who he is when you in discipline constantly find yourself in his word. Mm-hmm. God will show you the blessings that he wants to shower upon you when you are in discipline, fasting and and praying and and following those things because it's yep. a trust in he is who he says he yeah. is. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about like there is benefits to this because God doesn't fail. God yeah. does. God will show up in every one of these things because if you in discipline fast, He will answer prayers, and you will be reminded of who He is. You will be closer to Him. There is freedom in constantly finding yourself in His Word, praying to Him, relating to Him, walking with Him, literally day to day to day. And and it's it's part of the disciplines is knowing He's He's actually serious. Yes, you know too. I mean, just today, I don't even know why. I have no idea why I was reading this. I was reading where we're like Moses. You know, it, it, guess what? You don't get to do the promised land. Mm-hmm. You, yes. You know, and why? Well, just because you were a dork that one day. Right. I mean, it's like, crap. How many times have I been a dork that one day? You, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, you've been kept out of many a promised land. Yeah. Dan. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I you mean, have yet to enter the promised but land. But honestly, that, that has made me wonder what what has has not happened in my life because I was not disciplined. Oh, absolutely. Enough. Yeah. yeah, to, to yeah. really why, follow. Why I mean, wouldn't we be constantly faults, praying but... if we believed wholeheartedly in faith that God would absolutely move when we pray? So yeah, yeah. we I was talking about that this morning with uh with uh Mike and another fellow that like um it's it's not approaching Bible reading and prayer isn't people who don't want to do it and don't want to be faithful to God, but like if you also in addition to an obedience thing thought. This matters. Yeah. This mm-hmm. makes a significant Stuff difference. Changes. And so, like, it changes what we're praying about. So, like, it's not because we don't want to, but, like, I, you know, like, uh, I, you, you do things at home because you think it's going to make a difference. It's important to you, and you, right. it, you see that it matters. And so, like, one of the things we're going to focus some prayer on is, like, God, can you, where I'm not seeing it, can you reinvigorate me, show me that this matters? Because I think it will. Because to your point, he is, but, like... It's it's a one thing to like force yourself to do something out of obedience. I think I'm supposed to mow the lawn, so I do. And the second thing to go look at that. It looks way better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It yeah. made and not because we're saying look what God happens when I mow. Yeah, exactly. And it's not it's not posturing to God. Say, hey, prove it to me. Right. But it's going. I know this is true. Right. But like wh- whatever in my bones is not is not treating it that way. And can you address that part? Yeah. Because because then it changes everything. Yeah. You're listening to life from the path. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. I know that was a extended conversation about uh, phone use <laughs> and room cleaning and uh, trusting in the Lord. I feel like we got down to the nuts of it, though, right? Like yes. that's the truth. Like we need it's 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 living with intentionality and discipline. And like mm-hmm. the main thing to remember before you're too hard on yourself is it's a skill and not a talent. You're gonna have to learn how to do it. You weren't born nailing this thing. You were born in a cracked, broken humanity. And to rebel against authority and things that are that are good for you, and so like you're gonna have to learn it, and it's gonna look rough in the beginning, and it's gonna look rough in the middle, and maybe it'll smooth a little bit towards the end, but you're still gonna be man, this is rough. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's you're gonna have to put work into it, mm-hmm. and and once again, like the adage holds true is like like when you're looking at work versus talent, there's a lot of talented people out there, but they better not be out working you. 
because you can control that. You can't control how much talent you've been given, but you can control how much work you can put into it. And so discipline can do that. And and, and working at those things, uh, as I'm already thinking in my head how I can get away with not reading my Bible early tomorrow morning, this is terrible. <laughs> but, like, that that's where it's all at. And, like, it's guaranteed freedom. Like, this is not a question. This is This is what freedom looks like. And like I've been through it enough in my life to know that on the when I was I call them mountaintop moments they were born out of discipline, otherwise I never saw them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like God, God is always inviting you up to a mountain, you know. But like when you're not when you're not disciplined to to look for it or to or to to spend time with them, you'll miss them all over the time. The man yep. only offers mountains. God's like I have mountains. Holy Spirit loves on mountains. I got cattle on a thousand hills. I do everything tall and big and awesome. Something, I want you to see it. <laughs> someone the other day who who, who they were, they want to start this ministry and they're going to, it's all this is, you know, woohoo, rah, rah, you know, and we're going to have music and fog and all this stuff. And then we're going to really pump people up. And I, and I really disappointed them. I think, you know, what really gets them going on a mountaintop is, is the disciplines. <laughs> right. And they're like, uh, Ooh. Boo. <laughs> that doesn't sound like, cool. Nah, you know? <laughs> and it, it never really responded to me. <laughs> but that's the thing. But the mountaintop true. without the disciplines doesn't hold. Yeah. Right? The discipline holds. And it's like what sustains a life of peace and joy that God is offering for like a, a long time. The mountaintop moments, you get up there and then you just fall. It's how yeah. you, here's the thing it's how you got there. No one teleports to the top of a mountain. You yeah. took one step at a time. Yeah. And you made your way up the mountain, and you recognized what you were looking at, and you knew what you were walking towards. And it's how you got up there. It's how you're going to get back down. And, like, it's just a wrong thought to sit, like that you just transport your way up there and then take the ski lift right. back down. And you might have slipped a couple times, but you kept walking. Yeah. yeah. That's All right. Dare, live from the past. Was that you falling down the mountain? My grandson is six and very sensitive, maybe too sensitive. He's also lovable, this generation. super scientific-minded, good-hearted, and generous with his little sister. Six? Uh, yeah. Six. Wow. Okay. Wow. However, he still uses a diaper at night and has cyclical vomiting syndrome. It's heartbreaking. For that reason, he's on a special gluten-free, no-flour, no-chocolate diet. The other day at school, he's in kindergarten, they had a presentation with a magician about the danger of drugs and alcohol. Just to let you know. He's six. His parents are very much into teaching their kids morals and values, and they only let him watch cartoons like Paw Patrol and similar programs. <laughs> no movies <laughs> and no TV in general. Life from the Path, isn't this too early to introduce the subject of drugs and alcohol to children in school? Anyway, it's not the question. Okay, I was going to say. Uh, okay. That's a sidebar. That took a turn. I mean, just like stating outright, like... I wouldn't have any idea where to find a drug if not for those pre- presentations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like seriously, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know oh, the different great. types of drugs if they didn't come in and say this is a joint. <laughs> All right. So what's what's the legit question? Uh, there's more. Oh. Oh. My grandson asks, "What are drugs and what is alcohol?" Long story short, he was super scared and started to cry in class. The school called his parents and he came home devastated. We reassured him that in our homes there are no drugs. And alcohol is in a special cabinet only for adults who use it in moderation and only occasionally because it can hurt your body and mind. Finally, he fell asleep still crying and took a short nap. He woke up still worried about the presentation, but mom and dad explained there was nothing to worry about and that he was living in a safe house and nobody would hurt him, mom or dad, and no one in his family would be hurt by drugs or alcohol. What is your opinion on this matter of super sensitivity? I love him so much. That's your question? Yeah. Is your super sensitive hey. six-year-old? Hey, yeah. Is it possible this woman herself is on some 
Medication. Absolutely. One hundred percent possible. Anybody st- who writes into Dear Life in the Past has got to be on something. Yeah, I still got quaaludes <laughs> left over. <laughs> yeah. I metered them out. I recently got some fentanyl from down in Mexico. I really think my six year old's gonna get a hold of it. What does his cyclical vomiting have and, and night diaper have to do with anything? Nothing. Nothing. He's got this? a sensitive way about him. He's got a sensitive stomach. We're he's setting a, the scene. He's soft. Are you yeah. trying to say that he's emotionally, physically, and mentally no, soft? That's that's what she's saying. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. okay. So it's inherited. So it, I mean, it seems possible. Is she trying? Maybe she just won't come right out and say that. Like, I think they're raising a sissy. Yeah. Like, does it doesn't that feel like the implication? Like, look at him. He's gluten free and, <laughs> <laughs> and kid can't hear about drugs and can't eat chocolate. Right. Like, uh, but At six. And, and, but, but like, whether it's a pro- there's two questions. I think one is like, okay, what is the appropriateness of this at that age? But two. Why is your kid freaking out about it? Like to the extent that he is. What did they say? I was gonna say if they if he's worried about not being in a safe home, I wonder if there was a bunch of exposition given in this drug magician conversation that's like these are the fearful things you should be worried about at home that could happen to a broken home and here's where drug comes in. Isn't that the point of the drug and alcohol presentation guy to scare you straight? It never I works. At so. six? <laughs> like, I don't... I, maybe I, misguided. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, maybe, I mean, random, <laughs> like, unnecessary number. 20% or less people are actually scared straight through that situation. Did I'm I like, most Dare comes in and everybody's like... Scared. He probably is I got sensitive. free pencil? Yes. I mean, yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. So, like, so, yeah, so, so, like, hey, I think my I think my uh, daughter and, uh, and husband are coddling this kid to an extent... That he's freaked out unnecessarily about things that he shouldn't be freaked out about. And frankly, he may not actually be have a gluten-free problem and may not need the diaper, but these parents are stinking it up. I mean – This seems to be their implication. Yeah. Like, and I would say that's probably right. Do you know, like, do you know what six-year-olds think about – you know what six-year-olds are scared of? The Bermuda Triangle. I was terrified of the Bermuda Triangle and quicksand. Quicksand, yeah. Six-year-olds are scared <laughs> by minor <laughs> things. do make the Bermuda Triangle and quicksand seem like a much more That's what I was scared of at six. 31 years in. And now you're in. telling me these are real-world problems? 31 years in, I have yet to run into quicksand. I have lost a shoe in mud, though. Just Which saying. was devastating. Yeah, I was horrified for weeks. I thought it was going to eat it. <laughs> I didn't even want to reach down and grab it in case it like, got my arm. My food's still there? <laughs> right. This suction down has expanded to other shapes. It's yeah. not only kept to a triangle. <laughs> I thought that they did, like, the dare guy in, like, sixth grade. Like, six years I remember old. that, like, fourth grade. If I tried to tell Arwen about the dangers of drugs and alcohol, don't you think she'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, unfazed. So, but the point is, the kid is sensitive. So, like, what, what, what are we supposed to, what, what, the, what do they want? What's she want? I would say that, um... In the various boys my age, I know, a little sensitivity wouldn't go amiss. So, like, I don't know, leave him alone. Give him a few years. I'm so proud of you for making that statement. Some sensitivity would be appreciated. I mean, what are you going to make this kid do? Hey, go out in the garage and chop wood and think about drug tail. Don't scare you no more. There's There's a certain level of, like, if you're trying to keep your child from every possible scary situation in the world as a parent and are trying to shield them from everything... This kind of stuff may happen because they start to, like, get worried because of what you're worried about. Like, if you're putting a bunch of worry on your child because you tell them a bunch of scary stories and they can't go outside because they could get kidnapped or they shouldn't go to school because of blah, 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 or they shouldn't be watching that because of blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a certain level of, like, you can educate your children while allowing them to still be 
like experience things but not yeah. be influenced by them because they've got a safe space at home. They're a family who lives in fear. Yeah, it sounds He's like it. He's going to the bed. He's going to be at sick. And He's also to, are yeah, not willing you know. to let the kid like rise up to expectations. Yeah. Like a six-year-old being in diapers still, like that kid probably very well could have been out of those. But like mom and dad don't believe in them to be able to do so. Yeah. And they don't – it's – you can allow your child to, to, to be safe and grow. Like yeah. you don't have to coddle them for. I everything. mean here's the deal. The, to the 15th night in a row you're washing those sheets. I mean I understand how you get to some of these areas. But like uh, there is a grit – there's a grit to it. Yes. Uh, and, and like I'll, I'll, on Emma's point, like uh, the kids go through phases, man. Sometimes – like we've had multiple times where the kid's just weeping. At night for like three weeks, and you're like, "What the heck is even going on around here?" And you know what happened in week four? They just stopped, <laughs> and, and like you don't make a super big deal about it. You go, "Everything's just fine." You can right, and like you you raise the child right, and so if if the worst is the, the happening, okay, that these are fearful people, and the fear is going on to the kid, you're setting that kid up for failure, and yep. you would know that because you're grown adults and you're afraid all the time. Uh, and your kids probably going to do and, so, and and here's reasonably, I get it that we don't use this word anymore, but like just for cleanness of talking about it, like every once in a while you should go, you should look at your uh, sensitive kid and go, am I raising a sissy? Like, am I put, am I doing something <sighs> that is causing them to take the world in, in in too soft of a way? And maybe you're not, and that's fine. But like, like whatever extreme thing that you think you might screw up as a parent, I mean, once every six months, it should just run through your mind. I'm like, am I? Is it possible that I'm hosing this kid up in this way? Yes or no? No? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, We're going to get canceled because Ben said sissy. I mean, this what whole, do we say? This, I don't know. <laughs> this whole situation makes me think of like, I don't know, some, some internet meme I saw. I was like, somebody, hey, have anyone ever told you you're beautiful? No, sir. Papa forbade mirrors in the house lest we fall victim to vanity. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is this is what it makes me think of. Like, like you showed to this kid so much, like... I'm like he's like he's not gonna know what grass feels like. He'll know what it looks like because he saw it in a picture book. But you didn't let him go outside because there's bugs in the grass. Now, Grace, I am gonna. I do have to ask because what you represented of your use of the of the electronics yep. was just less primarily writing. But you have a very deep meme catalog. Yeah, it's mostly writing memes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I see. Yeah. uh... Social life zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, maybe maybe take a look and see whether you're uh, unexposed to these uh, items as often as you believe yourself. For your to be. sake, I hope there's an ACT section that is like drawing literary conclusions based <laughs> off of memes that you've seen. They'll have that in ten years, guaranteed. <laughs> there's a Mr. Darcy saying, "Hey, who's?" Who who's uh, guilty of uh, screwing up the whole deal like the Scooby Doo thing? And it's another Mr. Darcy. <laughs> oh, Grace wouldn't understand that reference. She won't read Pride and Prejudice. I don't want to hear this ever. Okay, stop this. Stop All right. This. Uh, so <laughs> it's a landmine. My fault. The... <laughs> What's secular gonna say? Uh, yeah. Are we done talking about the sissy? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I Mike, think that's that not uh, right. the sensitivity part you should leave for now. Like my brother's kind of sensitive. He won't watch Tangled because Mother Gothel is scary. Well, that's true. But then it's a bad Marvel. movie, sis. It's a bad movie. We can't watch that movie. It's too bad. <laughs> but so, like, he is, he is a sensitive dude at this point. But he also, in some areas, is not. So I feel like if you get rid of the coddling. True. That, like when he goes, hey, Uncle Mike, I'm going to scratch my butt for a little bit. You want to watch? 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that, the sensitivity in your house uh, concerns me. You say your brother does this, but I can recount multiple times where your little sister has come up and attempted to pickpocket me. <laughs> That's not a sensitivity problem. It's a, it's a different movie. Like, we can't watch that. That's a bad movie. And then Arwen comes up behind me, steals my phone out of my is, pocket wait, and bolts. To, to answer the sissy thing, is Snowflake the thing now? I feel like people call people snowflakes. Yeah. I think you have to be a certain age. Maybe that's you think, what you transition to. This terminology. Okay, let's a- let's answer at least one question here. <laughs> I is did. six too young for the drugs and alcohol magician? Yes, I agree. Why is it a magician? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The only thing it's doing is trying to figure out drug using parents. And all the evidence <laughs> disappeared. They're just yeah, trying right. to get Toby to raise his hand and go. My mama smokes that. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Panama I recognize what? that smell. Yeah. Yeah, that hey, Bozo, nice. I've seen a joint before. <laughs> Is that South Peach pomade? <laughs> That's what my grandpa You got buys. that OG Kush, Bozo? <laughs> now, yeah. my, my wife, who works in a middle school, often has parents come in with a strong stench of uh, the marijuana. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. A strong stench of the marijuana. And the yeah. kids, yeah. A Pontiac. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're often driving a vibe. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Very that's, that's woke. There are many super sensitive adults who begin life as super sensitive children. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but children must learn to exist and to navigate the increasingly complicated world in which they live. Your grandson's parents should have his pediatrician recommend a licensed child psychologist who can help the boy and his parents address the challenges ahead. Um. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big proponent for therapy, but this one's just ridiculous. <laughs> Doctor uh, Doctor Morrison. I believe my boy's a sissy. <laughs> I got a snowflake in my house. What do, you, do I do? Do you have anything for this? My kid recognizes what fentanyl is. What do I do? Yeah, and he ratted me out to that <laughs> health teacher. Mama food black tar heroin last week. I saw it. Okay. She's riding the white pony. It's okay. So if it's not the doc, if it, maybe you don't go to the doctor. But like, I mean, here's the deal: you don't have to farm it out. I'm right. just asking, as the parents, ask yourself: Are we putting fear into this kid? Is it healthy, and do we need to change something about us and something about him? I think it's – just ask yourself the question, and, like, I don't think you always have to farm it out. Just do some self-reflection. Right. Yes. <laughs> I want my child to be safe. Great. I want my child to never experience anything because they need to be coddled entirely. Not great. Right. And as a matter of fact, the last thing I want is to go, hey, yeah, me and your mother are scared to death. You should talk to the doctor. <laughs> Anytime you're afraid of anything in life, do not trust us. Come, we'll be in the closet. Talk to a therapist. Hey, uh, do we know for certain this was written by a lady? Yeah, the Dang. grandma. The grandma. Okay. Yeah. Because otherwise, I was going to say this feels like a very grandpa thing to think. They're like, boy, this dog. <laughs> My boy's going to be a sissy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing. I ain't going to stand for no sissy. We gotta go fishing. I knew I should have named him Hacksaw. If, he, <laughs> if little Billy's going to carry on my name, he better not be a sissy. <laughs> you were born in Appalachia. <laughs> we eat possum. Get back here. Otherwise, the possum eats us. <laughs> Jimmy, eat your squirrel bits. <laughs> I'm going to take that boy out to the woods. We're going to kill something. <laughs> now, here's your first gun. We're going to go with some deer. You're going to be a sissy under my watch. I made a headstone. Sorry, this grandfather is now my favorite part to play. This is fantastic. Get on your raccoon hat. Okay, we're going to do real, one more real quick. Oh, okay. boy. Dear Live from the Path, I live in an area with a large number of dog owners who frequent the same walking trails I do. Yep. On oh. several occasions, I have encountered dogs that are off-leash and running ahead of their owners. Sometimes the owner isn't even in sight. On several occasions, dogs have jumped up on me, almost knocking me to the ground. I'm in my late 60s. Oh, she's in her late 60s, though. 
under five feet and weigh 105 pounds. Sweet Moses. I could easily be injured. I was once attacked and bitten. My qu- Grace, these are other people's problems. To- tore it up. You got to back away from the microphone. My question is this. What's the best thing to say to these dog owners when they finally appear? The last time it happened, the owner happily said to her dog, I know you're excited, but the rest I couldn't hear because she had already passed me on the trail. Live from the past, she saw her dog jump up on me and never even acknowledged me. I don't want to respond angrily or sarcastically, but in a friendly yet firm manner. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, sometimes, like, one of my kids is is uh, bees naughty to some of the other kids, and I don't want to deal with it. And so I just let it go, you know. And I feel like it's very similar to this. Was that your advice? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're sympathizing with the, with the I, dog owner. I can understand not wanting to talk to my dog. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I know that kid's doing the wrong thing, but I just, um, I don't want to get involved in that right here's, now. Here's the deal. Like, there's some levels of, like, I would probably call this, like, oh, don't be that big of a deal. Like, it's a dog, whatever. But if you're, like, a 68-year-old grandmother that weighs 105 pounds and is 311, you could seriously get hurt by a dog. Absolutely. Call the cops. Yeah. Like, I hate that answer, but it's... Call the police. I'm serious. Like, if it's a situation where it's constantly happening, there's a bunch of people on this trail, it's known to happen all the time, just tell them, hey, or w- you got to realize, like, you have to keep your dog leashed, or I'm calling the cops, it could hurt me. Okay, yeah, I, or walk a different trail. I mean, here's, I mean, I have to leave oh, my trail? Yeah, I've got to leave the just, trail because just, of 30 dog owners? Hold on a minute. <laughs> if you are such a wayfish individual... Wayfish! Hold on. <laughs> that normal, normal things that happen in life are a threat to you... It is possible that you may have to change your behavior as opposed to flipping the world around. I'll take that if it's you having to call the cops. But if it's a 70-year-old grandmother, I think she should be able to walk the trails and not have to change her ways because of these crazy dogs that have already attacked her. Okay, I'm not buying attack. She said she literally got knocked down, uh, did she not? She, she said she got attacked and bitten one time. She got attacked and bitten one time. I feel like we don't usually take words at face value. And here's the thing, you guys... When if I've listened to past episodes, are uh, notoriously gentle on the ladies. I think this lady is ridiculous. She was not attacked by a dog. Okay. Hi. Relax. I'm a six foot three, four hundred and fifteen pound man that could defend myself, and I was bit by a dog three times this week. In a, on a and walking trail, the same dog in a house that I was in. Wait, oh, well, that's a little different. No, no, no. Yeah. This dog will attack everyone around, and nothing gets done. So I understand where you're coming from, that yeah. sometimes we can be a little bit lax on the ladies in the situation, but I'm not in any way that descri- that description, and I get attacked by dogs, okay, I th- and I don't want to get attacked by the dogs. I think, I think Ben's advice is hard to take in, but it's probably right. Like, the thing is, is like, let's say you call the police and get rid of the one, and then you call the police and get rid of the second. Uh-huh. And, like, it's just, you're, you're never going to get all of them. So the question is, is like, is it unfair that she's being attacked by the dogs or like they're jumping on her? Yes, yes. that is unfair. Yeah. Is that a problem that you're going to solve? Probably not. You should fi- probably find somewhere Practically, else to Practically, you go walk them all. The I practical mean, answer is you should find somewhere else to go. I mean, if you're a big dog owner in a re- and like, like you're a young person with a dog in a retirement home and everyone's complaining, who's going to leave? Probably you. You have the dog and you're surrounded by a bunch of old people. Like, and if you're the old person in the dog situation... You should probably go defect to the retirement home. So now what we're saying is because this woman is able to be attacked by a dog and possibly hurt, she has to be the one to leave a situation. And uh, it's fine for all these people that know. No, they are dog that. owners. They know. You're throwing that, that they last should, part in there. They should have leashes You're on their dogs. You're continuing to you throw know. that last part in there. Which last part? No one's saying that it's fine. 
But the practical answer is, is yes. like you're not going to solve we it. We just know, yeah. We just know it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know if this here's the problem deal. solved by leashes. Like dogs jump up on you, if, unless it's like a three foot leash. Usually, there's enough distance that they can jump on you, whether they they really want to. They can jump up on you even on a leash. Yeah, it's not right, but like I, it's just not the practical answer. Is it's not a problem you're going to solve. It's like that jerk on the bus. Like when the kids come home and like Tommy called me a butt face again. I'm like, look. uh... Stop talking to Tommy. I don't know what to tell you, right? Like, I can't fix Tommy. I'm not Tommy's dad. He has to ride the bus. And so, like, the best you can do is move to the front of the bus and not sit by Tommy. That's the answer, right? There's no, like, oh, I could call the cops on Tommy. I go talk to Tommy's dad. Maybe Tommy's dad whoops him for a day. He behaves for a week. And then Tommy's a big jerk again on the bus, right? Like, there's, there's, there's some problems that you just cannot fix. Yeah, if you want, so extrapolate it to so think about think about during during the COVID stuff. There's people who were highly susceptible to catching something, and it was a significant detriment to them. Uh, Ten thousand people where that wasn't the case. Do those should does the person who was highly susceptible say I don't care? The rest of the ten thousand people bow to bend to me, or do you just shop from six to seven a.m.? Like there's a practicality to it. Could you? Could the ten thousand people change? Sure, they could. But like, if if you're the anomaly, because most people could handle a jumping dog, frankly, and I, I, jumping dog's not even like the singular problem. A kid rolling by in a trike, a toddler trying to jump up and run at you. Like, there's all kinds of uh, various things that could happen while you're out and about. Yeah, your toddler's on a leash. I'm just I'm just saying, like, there has to there's a point where you're responsible for your own protection. And if there are so many things that you cannot control happening, if you're really worried about your health and safety, then you should walk somewhere else. If you're just irritated that people aren't taking care of their dog and you have the tolerance for the fight, then keep walking and fighting about it. I think that's fine, too, because I'm agreeing that it's wrong. But, like, if you're really worried about your health, you can either try to move the 10,000 people or you can walk a different trail. Secular says, you are far too nice, lady. Start carrying pepper spray. Or bear oh, spray Moses. when you walk on the trail. <laughs> oh, bear spray the dog. Yeah, Booba Justice. I love it. Oh, don't even. <laughs> don't even. I shut my mouth in the last two minutes. I will not take that. Hey, get don't the even. while you're at it. Take some of that bear spray. <laughs> right to your gullet. <laughs> you take that sissy boy. You take your bear spray. You take care of them dogs. You take your pet possum and you get off the trail. <laughs> <laughs> that dog gets any near me, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> okay, continues. If an off-leash eat dog you. starts to jump on you, use it. When the owner shows up, use it again. <laughs> Sorry, on the what? owner? No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> okay. Sometimes second, it really goes off the deep end. Yeah. So I would not be surprised. It was like, yeah. Get, that would have been great. Get the fire hydrant of bear repellent. <laughs> And hit the owner with it, too. Matter of fact, I can tell you how to make napalm if you need it. I oversold Gasoline that Gasoline styrofoam. If it, uh, when the owner shows up, say their dog charged you and take their picture. Okay, we're still on the same area. If they give you any trouble, file a police report. When you were bitten, you should have involved the authorities and your attorney. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah I, I'm not. Yeah, just to, just to be clear, like if, if someone's not watching their dog and they're biting people, then you should... Like, Report them. Call them in, totally. But, like, here's the thing. It's, I do think we're, she gave, she said it happens all the time. She gave a one and then the other example. Like, there were actually only two that she's, extra- like, I think it's probably not happening as often. But she's frustrated because it's happened more than once. And I get that, too. 
But like, I, I think you just got to keep it in proportion, and she's got to decide what she wants to fight. But like, again, health problem, she needs to handle it on her own. You've been listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you need to cut this episode into three parts and listen to it, uh, that's totally fine with us. I don't care how you how you spread out the pie as long as you eat the whole thing. You watch the whole thing if you're not a sissy. <laughs> <laughs> bear spray. <Yeah. laughs> Can we get some live from the path branded bear spray? I'd buy it. Yeah, you know, the other uh, items that are in the live from the path store at livefromthepath.org are not flying off the shelves, but I feel like this I bear spray. bear spray might be the deal. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go set up at Gray's Lake or wherever the dogs are at and say, That's look, gonna... I don't know how to solve this problem. Any unruly unleashed dogs? Live from the path bear spray. <laughs> we start selling bear spray, we're going to end up on Belief. <laughs> Beliefnet.com. Beliefnet.com. Uh, rogue, rogue Christian Podcast starts selling themed bear spray for dogs. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. We really appreciate it. If you've got any comments for us on the show, you can email us at info at livefromthepath.org or uh, contact the Life from the Path. Bob Eisen, our complaint line, 515-517-0085. Call or text. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we do plan on uh, – actually, I don't think we'll be around next week. Uh, we'll see how the how the days shake out. But in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Past.